Okay, we're coming with the intro. Always. Oh, shit. Yo, I'm pretty hyped today to have such a legendary person on the podcast again. When this happens, it usually feels really fucking dope for me. Yeah. What is this, late? Episode 79? 79, man. Oh, okay. Mega Late Show, episode number 79. Welcome back to the number one hip-hop and Tokyo dope culture podcast. You know it. Good word. All right, yes, Mega Late Show. We're back. It's Friday for us. Or no, it's Saturday for us. Saturday for y'all. Or Friday for y'all. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're if fucking was up. on the first day. We are fucking up a lot. Anyways, <laughs> yo, today we have a tremendously special guest, a person who I've been familiar with since I was just a young lad in high school back in the late 90s. Mm. Uh Shoot, let me let, let me try something different today. Let's let me try uh, a little bit of Uh-oh. a true or not true or true and false type of thing. I'm gonna mention some things about you and say if they're true and say if they're not true. Are you looking on sounds his Wikipedia good, page? No, or something? no, no. I put I put I was <laughs> making some notes about the podcast. Right. All right. Let's see. Let's start with um, you. DJ the Obama inauguration uh, at the White House. That's true. All right, and you're also Jay Z. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh. It- Sort of true. Not at the White House. Not at the White House. Okay. Where was that at? And they just did it off-site somewhere. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Not at the White House. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in D.C., but not at the White House. Oh, inauguration. Yeah. 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 The inauguration inauguration party. uh, The one that ended up being broadcast okay. on TV. That's dope. So that would make you the first turntablist to do that? As far as I know, unless... Bush mm. had a <laughs> right. Bush had somebody <laughs> had on there. Someone scratching and uh, <laughs> Richie Ruff, Richie Ruffton was over there. And shit. Like, or someone. Okay. As far well, as I know, maybe I am Easy the brought first Dre one. with him. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Easy did go to the yeah. White House. Hey, that's true. That's true. When Bush was there, so who knows? Okay. Okay. Let me see. Um, you are an Adidas Global Ambassador. Uh, yes, that would be true. You are Pinoy. Yes, I am. Full Pinoy. Well, I mean, uh, like, yeah. both parents represent I, that? Yes, yes. I didn't know if you were maybe <laughs> Philly Negro like me, maybe Pino nah, like me. Nah. Okay. Uh, you have a burrito named after you? Unfortunately, that's not true. I wish oh, I did. Oh, <laughs> man. Stop <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> Yo, where'd you get that tidbit from? Hey, man, I was I was just Googling a little bit. You know Yo, I mean? I'm, I'm starting to realize, that. like, my, uh, where I'm at with pizza, Mega's, like, there with burritos. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a... Whenever like, burritos come up, Mega's like... Yeah. Burrito? Yeah. Do you <laughs> know about this, though? Yeah. Me, me and Scheme Richards are on that, that cheeseburger vibe. Like, I'm a really big cheeseburger person, right? right out, man. All right. So there's not... That is that is a not true. Hey, as far as I know, I do not. Mega, okay. can I ask you a question? Yes. You ever put that orange sauce on a burrito? Yes, you know I have. About the orange sauce? Actually, I um, uh, the homie uh, DNZ, who was supposed to be uh-huh. here today, is actually going to bring me back some of that orange sauce from mm-hmm. La, uh, La Vix in San Jose, California. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to him. I'm aware. I know about the the La Vix yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sauce. I it, it's know. a it's I'm a aware. it's a cultural institution out in the Bay Area. I would yeah, say. I would well, say I haven't so. been there for like ten years, so I don't I, know. I, but it, you know, it's I think it's kept its consistency. Okay. Okay. And uh, you were taught by Mr. Sinister and Total Eclipse of the fucking yeah, X Men, the Executioner. I think that's uh, definitely a very true statement. Damn, Shout that's out tight. to those guys. All right, and let's see. Um, you are also a member of the Fifth Platoon. Yes. The New York DJ crew yes. with Vin Rock, Rolly Roll, uh, Daddy Dog, Doughboy, I Emerge. And Cutting Candy. And Cutting Candy. Yes. Oh, shout out to Cutting Candy. I don't want to leave her off, you know. All right. So uh, you now live in Japan, true? Yes, I do. Half okay. the year I'm in Japan. Probably there's going to be probably a point where I'm here more 
than I am stateside just because okay. uh, I have a daughter and uh, congratulations. Japan's just better. <laughs> congratulations. For, for raising kids. So. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, let me see if this is also true. You have not landed on the moon. No. All right. I wish I did. You are not Lance Armstrong. <laughs> no. You are not Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> I am not. You are not a member of Strong Arm Steady. Uh, I, I would like to think so, but I don't okay. think the, okay. the arms is big enough. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Cron Don and those cats. Mitchie Slick. <laughs> sure. you know what I mean? You are also a highly decorated turntablist. Uh, I am proud. I'm one of the DJs who's part of a highly decorated crew. Okay. But maybe myself, I don't know. I don't know what, what the equivalent would be. You know, I'm one of the the dudes who came up during the time of uh, like massive growth in the culture, mm. but um Come on man, don't that, don't don't do that. Do, he's highly do decorated. He is a high <laughs> No, I mean no, see this is what's important to me. All right, let me just go ahead and let our listeners know who we have on the podcast. <laughs> we have the legendary DJ Neil Armstrong I of the Fifth the, Platoon. I appreciate the kind words, but yes, this is DJ Neil Armstrong, straight out of NYC. Straight out Yokohama. of NYC and Yokohama. Hey, and and you know what? You're you're being very humble, and I can appreciate that because humble is the style of the day. But I just want to okay. make sure that we're giving you the proper flowers in oh. celebration of all the things that you've accomplished oh, absolutely. and the and, and the culture that you push. And uh, earlier we were talking about how like everybody has a podcast now, and you know you've even mulled over the idea of maybe starting one and you said like i don't know what i would really put out but mm. for me um uh, nowadays especially people think of hip-hop culture as being rap music and popular rap music they see it more synonymous with jay-z and little uzi vert than they do with turntablism graffiti or b-boying these yeah, days that's a and fair so, statement absolutely so a person like me who likes the idea of uh you know championing our pioneers and our legends and maintaining a lot of the cultural uh integrity and ethics that we have in in, in hip-hop I feel as though it is important that a person like you share the history so it doesn't get lost in the minutia of modern day hip hop journalism and just the way that the culture seems to be developing. Oh yeah. I mean I think that's uh I think that's one of the unfortunate uh things about the culture cuz we were just at that at that point where the, you know the internet wasn't quite there yet, yeah. you know and it's not the the victor who's writing the story it's the the person with the biggest platform who's yeah. writing the stories and depending on who you ask those stories are entirely wrong right <laughs> so, yeah indeed so, man yeah, indeed. Yeah. so i mean one of the more interesting things that i remember because you know i was in new york during the great divide i guess you know when hot 97 became big and hip-hop became commercialized right. and then that's like 90, 98, 97? I would say, After yeah. After the telecommunications like 96, act. 97, yeah. 98. I, I think those were the very formative years right. where all of a sudden a group like, uh, I mean, shoot, the shiny suit era dudes. Yeah. Like Biggie Smalls was commercial. Right. And if you listen to Smith & Wesson, Smith & Wesson, there was no guarantee that you listened to anybody on the Biggie Small side. In fact, right. I can almost guarantee you didn't. Right. But if you were a Smith & Wesson fan, you were probably a Hieroglyphics fan, you were probably a Freestyle Fellowship fan. Yep. And now, now we get even farther. Right. If you were a Freestyle Fellowship fan, I can almost guarantee you did not like Biggie. 
Right. You can almost guarantee it. Right. Nowadays, the story is different. Like, oh, right, everyone right. loves Biggie, but right. no, 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 uh, no. You know, that's not what I saw. It's one thing that, that I kind time. of, it, it comes up in a lot of conversations with me because I come from that era and I remember that divide happening and I remember thinking like, yo, this new Nas album is really trash. Like, it was really? written as not dope. Oh, like it was, a, yes. Well, I, I mean, I like, everybody loved oh, Dillmatic, no, no. but I, like, yes. during that Dillmatic, track master's change, no, no. it's like, yeah, we're just kind of like, hmm. And, you know, a lot of us, I feel like the culture kind of suffered a little bit because we thought that all right all these guys are getting a push by viacom and clear channel and uh you know the music industry is functioning in a way that's making you know these cats popular because they have all the money and the platform for it so we're like fuck it we'll take our hip-hop ball go underground and then try to figure it out ourselves independently and we were having success like rock oh, is fondalum uh, you know so uh yeah and 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 unfortunately like mp3s kind of changed the way that we were able to monetize money and and the I culture think, at the time. I think that happened. I think just anytime you, you know, I'm not a full-on anti-capitalist, but there's a lot of argument for capitalism just destroying everything. Oh, and one yeah. of the things that capitalism changed, borderline destroyed, yeah. would be hip-hop. Well, it eats up anything that's beautiful and, and pure yeah. and it turns it yeah. into something else. It, you know, they're yeah. monetizing... Mm, they're monetizing like school shootings and shit now <laughs> like they're finding ways to tax uh, anyways i won't even get into <laughs> they're finding ways to tax that shit but it, it, like what it comes down to what i was really trying to say and not really go on to a deep dive of how the culture's changed mm. in particular because i think a lot of people know that and see that what i really wanted to highlight is that there is a kind of a rich history that you are a part of that um maybe a lot of people don't know about uh, i mean it, even from from turntablism also to like the mobile dj crews um large large filipino contingency of amazing turntablists like that's a part of your culture my culture and hip-hop culture that just kind of gets overshadowed so i really yeah, want to so i really want to talk to you about some of those things today and find out more about how it was rocking with like jay-z and shit all right word we should can we, touch on all yeah that. yeah man I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this but should we go ahead and talk about our sponsors really quick late Bus it. All right. First, I want to give a shout out to uh, to the homie DJ RX seventy uh, eight Easterly Art. Go check him out on Instagram. I believe that EasterlyArt.com is where it's at. Uh, he was he was a dude that reached out to us on Instagram and said that you know he had visited Japan. He's a fan of a, a lot of uh, things in Japanese culture, and he makes these hip hop Gundam stickers and hip hop Gundam art. Uh, I've got some of those stickers on the back of my laptop now. Late's got some of them as well, and he just reached out to us on the strength of the culture because he enjoyed what we were doing, and we really like what he's doing, and his art is fucking dope. And so go check him out, and uh, also his music DJ RX seventy eight Easterly Art. Dot com e-a-s-t-e-r-l-y art.com so shout out to him and also i want to give a shout out to our sponsors rope dope records they are a collaborative community and brand a moving force of life of its uh, a moving a moving force with a life of its own that is larger than life founded uh close to the last century uh, late 90s 2000s rope dope has taken a path less traveled always following music where it wants to go from historically significant records with celebrity names like the last poets joint that they came out with uh to completely unknown artists so of course we rock with that because that's what we try to do here at the mega late show um so go ahead and check out rope dope records art clothing uh and our guy mark to two new albums that just dropped 
uh, Word Up, Rope Yo, Records. You can tell that's an official sponsor. That is an official sponsor. <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't get that from Fabian. The, Fabian the right. didn't, and he didn't send that to me, but I, you know, oh, I put that together. No, nah, that's a cut and paste said? from their website, fam. And oh, I messed shit. it up a little bit, but hey, <laughs> Word Up, Word Up. All right, let's get back Let's get back to the show. Man. You know he sent an email. Word. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't see it's that email. Oh, I got to go check that out. So, uh... Neil Armstrong. Should we just call? Yeah. Should we? Should we call you by your full name the whole time, or just call me Neil? Neil. Is fine. All right, totally where, fine. where did the name come from, man? Uh, I mean, the, the story that I remember really was uh, Joe from Fat Beats. You know, Fat Beats yeah. is uh, was one of those institutions during the late '90s to early 2000s that uh, lots of classic albums. Yeah, uh, it was a store in New York that just. A, like hip hop just gravitated toward this one store on 9th Street, um, and they ended up. Uh, I, I just remember, you know, like meeting LP from Company Flow there, and uh, dope. I mean, even uh, oh my God, what's her name came in once. Um, Jean Grey, Apani B, Bahamadia. Uh, I'm sure they were. <laughs> yeah, all you know what I mean, right? Uh, but even like a. Uh, What's her name? The the woman from D Light, like she would come in. Oh, okay. And I forgot her name. Mm, I, d- I do too. Uh, Ricky Powell, who took a lot of like Run DMC, BC Boys pictures. I remember seeing him there early on. Oh, and then, uh, I mean, later on, like look up, look it up online. Like Kanye West yeah. in a cipher with, I mean, star with someone else with whatever. Like they were just all. It's one of the there. most important like uh, things that's happened to hip hop. Fat beats. I think it's I think like so. lives in legend. Uh, is it still around? No. Now they feel like it they came back. Actually right. reopened Word. in L.A. Okay. and they had a. They're about to have an anniversary party. Okay. So this year's the 25th anniversary of Fat Beats. Word. Let's give a let's give an applause drop to them for that because yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's it was a legendary place that I wanted to go to when I was a kid on the yeah. West Coast, you know, but never made it out. Yeah. Word. And um. Basically, Joe is the owner of the place, and at the time, so 96, I guess, 90, actually, I guess technically they opened in 95, right? If it's their 25th anniversary, so 90, maybe even 94. Uh, We're good at math on the (laughs) Mega Late Show. (laughs) It's terrible. I'm so stupid. No, we good. (laughs) No, we good. If that's one thing the Mega Late Show is good for is, uh, you know, facts. (laughs) Anyway, so I was going to college like right around the corner from the original store and I was already a hip hop fan. I used to listen to Stretch Armstrong and Bobito and there was actually a lot of other pirate radio shows, you know, this is pre hot ninety seven. So there was no such thing underground as Underground Railroad and shit. Yep, the Underground Railroad. Um oh my god. Did I have tapes all like Silver Surfer used to do a show. Mm. I think Marley Marl used to do a show yep. every so often. I was the kid who would come to school the next day with yeah. with dub copies yeah, of this stuff and Mr. Magic, Marley Mall, yeah. you know, Red Alert. And then um basically I used to just hang out at Fat Beats. So much so that um you know, this is the era before cell phones, this is like pager era. And I didn't have a pager, I wasn't you know, I was no I wasn't a dealer, so I didn't have no uh pager. But uh I would tell people to call me at Fat Beats. Cause oh, I was shit. probably gonna be there, and mm. and the owners are cool enough that they were like, "Oh, oh Neil here." <laughs> oh word. Um, so New York at the time was really interesting. Just as a side note, like uh, like that movie Kids. Right. One of the guys, one of the skater kids, 
uh, this kid named Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. He used to be the the dude at the desk. You know, okay, yeah. I don't I I don't know if he had part ownership of the store, but he actually opened the later on. He opened up the Amsterdam Fat Beats. Okay. But if you watch the movie Kids, he's one of the skaters that hangs out with Harold Hunter and blah, 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 right, and all those right. guys. And so back then, New York culture was really, it wasn't just hip hop or it wasn't just the DJs hanging out with the DJs. So like the skaters hung out with us, uh, like the people who would start Zoo York, the people who started yeah. Shut, the people who wrote for yeah. those teams, they were all New York street kids. So they would come to our shows, right? And we knew all it of those. It was like, cats. Uh, like any any interesting subculture would kind yes. of congregate together. Exactly, exactly. So the drum and bass scene was right. also part of what we did. Yeah. Actually, they kind of showed the turntable scene a lot more love because you know we were kind of yeah. doing weird stuff. It wasn't just straight up dancing. Yeah. It wasn't whatever. So I we used to do shows at raves all the time. Um, I anyway, remember that Like yeah, yeah Like uh, there was collaborations With drum and bass artists Like uh, Freestyle Fellowship Would show up on Like a DJ Hive joint yeah. LTJ Bookham Type of shit Work Yeah so Joe When I was coming up I don't know He, he called me Neil Armstrong As a joke once You know Just yeah. Neil Diamond Neil, Neil Armstrong Blah 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 and I was actually named After Neil Armstrong right? Okay um, that, The real The, the okay. astronaut So it kind of just stuck. I didn't want uh, people calling my mom's house up and, you know, where's a, you know, whatever. Right. Jay right. ass lover. Right, right. <laughs> Ganja smoker 420. <laughs> Click. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell is this? Click. Or the downfall of a lot of people who made their emails <laughs> when they were 13 years uh, old. Or if you got that, like, old PlayStation account from, like, yeah. PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3. Ten years later, Buddha Smoker 420 <laughs> is not what you want your three-year-old looking at his shit. Exactly. Or, but they so, have your rank so high, you can't. Yeah, you can't now. lose those achievements, <laughs> yeah. family. I think you can now, but that's besides the point. So you got you got this name. The name was given to you, and yeah, and it was right. given to me. And uh, for sure, you know, by that time, Stretch Armstrong was a a real DJ. You know, oh yeah, I was just yeah. coming up. Uh, but nothing ever really came of that. You know, that's really. Stretch Armstrong is an eighty-foot-tall white guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm a, you know, you know, shorter Filipino dude, so right. you can't really mix us up. And yeah. I came from a different scene. I was, you know, turntablist, blah blah blah. And back then, the turntablist scene really started to kind of separate from the normal DJ. It was a, yeah. uh, we were revered, kind of, you know. So like, back then. I could say unequivocally, everybody wanted to be like a rock raider. They wanted yeah. to be Qbert, right? That's yeah. what. If you were a DJ, you wanted to be like these guys, right? As opposed to today, if you say, you know, I want to be a DJ, you might say, I want to be like a Stevie Oki and hit right, somebody right. with a cake, right? You know, it's a a little different now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I, so I got long long-winded way to say it. I got the name from uh, Joe from Fat Beats, I guess, and it just oh, ended up sticking. Oh, that's really dope, man. I wish I got my name from Joe from Fat Beats and <laughs> shit. That's no, I, I, it must Shout have been. Shout out to uh, Steez, though. 
Word. It, it must have been really uh, interesting growing up in in that era during during what was you know a largely a, a like a second golden age for hip hop culture. Everything around you was happening. You you go to the jam and there's b boys, there's graph writers. Everybody yeah. is b boying, graph writing. There's DJs, producers, MCs. Just a kind of a whole like a very kind of. Uh, connected culture a four element so. culture oh, absolutely. that's, that's Back then kind of missing different. now right you know i i would say it is missing i i think uh they're almost like the, microcosms of their own in their own little yes, worlds in some i mean ways. because of like you know red bull and those guys made like red bull one and right so now the b-boys have their own platform that i, I wouldn't be surprised if those yeah. b-boys have no idea who i am sure. as opposed to before sure. You know, I know yeah. who I knew who DJ Romeo, like, um, like B Boy Romeo in in yeah. Vegas was, and I knew who blah 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 was, and yeah. I knew who DJ Storm, I mean right. B Boy Storm was, like, right? Just cause it was right, yeah. Those were like cultural culture. icons yeah. of hip hop culture. It's like everybody's going to know Ken Swift and exactly. you know B Boy Ivan or some yeah. shit, right? Exactly. And Cross, you know, right? Like, yeah, on, cross one like yeah, yeah and cross like one that. knew who we were. Yeah, you know, even though we were in New York and we were a different, yeah. entirely different subculture, but well, it was a it was a subculture. So to be a part of it, you also had, had to have to, like a cult. You had to have a cultural currency by knowing things about the culture. And, yeah, and you know, absolutely. If you, if you didn't know who even crazy legs was and you called yourself a b boy, you get ousted. You get ridiculed. Yeah, like, you get yeah. you know what I mean. Like you're 100%. you're not. An authentic person of this culture. Yes, uh. and I, I think that that's how it used to be. I don't know, honestly. I don't know if these the new b boy kids know X, Y, and Z, or I, I don't know mm. if they care. I don't. I, I don't know yeah. if that that same reverence is there. When's the last time we got like a hip hop album with like a b boy cut on it? Before you used to have the joints was like the b boys can break <sighs> to this, I'm like a mainstream album. I don't remember any like mainstream album that has one really. Possibly like I mean you know Run the Busta. Jewels might have like some LPs. Drums are breakable. You know you yeah. can break to those, but yeah, yeah well, like, not a straight up one. I like maybe Neil Missy said, Elliott. Sorry to cut you off, but like DJs, you know, they're of the throw a cake in your face type now yeah. because, you know, that's where the stardom is and, you know, getting the money and the recognition. Mm. Like being a DJ in a rap crew, especially nowadays, pretty much means like playing the background. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, uh, you're a producer, DJ Mustard, you yeah. know, yeah. Th those guys. Right. And is he a DJ though? Uh, he he, he yeah, selects uh, records and blends yeah, records, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, or I no, think I don't mean like, like uh, does he have like, you know, turntablism skills? Oh, I just mean like, I'm, does I'm he like actually DJ? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, you'd be surprised. Like like Khaled, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm, yeah. yeah, right, Khaled. Yeah, DJ <laughs> So yeah, DJ He was Khaled. a radio he, DJ, yeah. right? Well, he was a radio, and there's video footage of him. He's also, a, he's also an older dude who comes from an era where you kind of had to I have did, those skills yeah, in order yeah. to even... Uh, you know, move up. Yeah, but he, yeah. I mean, he, he can't throw down. Yeah. Uh, I did meet him once and, you know, he, he's... Seems like I a know, nice guy. I mean, from what I... He's a head. Like, he was. He was a head that kind of deals in a different world now. So, yeah. you know, even like sure. Flex. I don't know the opinion of Flex here, but back home, there's some people who don't, you know, whatever, Flex is yeah, blah, blah, blah. He, They'll, he's, they'll he's become I'm a blah, villain. Blah, blah, blah guy. He, okay. he, he, uh, he, become, he became a villain to a lot of people. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, those That's old mixtapes used to be a lot of I don't of like how he talks like about Tupac. I mean, he's ahead. Like, he could throw. Yeah. He could throw down if yeah. he really oh, yeah, needs to. Sure. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, to, if you were involved in New York radio, especially yeah. when, like, you're competing, like, in that kind of market, yeah. and you've got, like, real competition, yeah. like, you got to 
keep them from going to the other station right. because you know mm-hmm. it's that you know fierce like right. the competition like molly mar was telling us they like, used to break that records shit is real. they used to yeah. break records on on those stations people used to listen and be like oh shit like yeah, who's this got is the, the first record? station yeah, that got yeah, yeah. ether you know what i mean and it's yeah. like but but now everybody's got the same uh clear channel playlist and shit have you ever done radio no nah, mm-hmm. i remember though it was really interesting at one point my manager at the time this guy sky galatly shouts to sky he uh he was trying to get me involved in radio and um miss info had kind of had a talk with me and she was like you know what this is not a, it's not sustainable this mm. is at that this is was at that point where she kind of already saw the writing on the wall mm. what, uh, what year would this be uh, maybe 10 years ago now uh, what me was just talking about that when she started getting involved with the complex network or whatever yeah, yeah. so you know obviously radio still exists and there are djs who do very well but i think ultimately more the thing was there are some grandfathered in djs who will be fine for possibly ever Mm -hmm. and uh you know i hesitate to name any names because it could be taken as a a diss to them but it's not like Mm -hmm. they'll be able to work as djs forever you know they just have long-standing names Mm -hmm. a long-standing brand but we're talking about like those other djs that might do like the secondary thing if they don't if all they do is dj then they're not caking off Mm. Like you need to DJ right. and have a clothing label, right? Or you need like to DJ like a fucking A track. Like A track is, you know, he's he's got his label now. He fucking oh, releases I mean, albums. Well, his A yeah, track is not just the A track would be someone to follow, right? I mean, he was one of the early people to. I mean, did he, he win the DMC when he was like fourteen or fifteen years he, old or some uh, shit? Really young. He I, was yeah. maybe yeah. even thirteen. I, I don't shit. even remember. I was actually there in Italy when he won. Oh shit! And um. I mean, he went from just being a turntablist to w- working with Kanye, leaving yeah. Kanye to start his own label at a point where everybody thought, why, why would you leave Kanye? That's right. the greatest mm-hmm. job in the world. And he's like, no, because I want to start I my label and I want to be my, yeah. my own star. And literally, he, yeah. you know, they did Barbra Streisand and he's on Billboard. Yeah. Not playing the background, yeah. even the yeah. Kanye. Yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't want to do that. And, and now, now when you see him, he's dressed all super fly and shit, like some type of fashion I show. Mean, like he, he looks, he looks like he's doing really even well. Even to man. these day, even to this day, Fool's Gold is like. Yeah, they released really the first run of Jewels, right? I think they released the first right? run of Jewels. Yeah. Yo, uh, a lot know. of people have gone through know. Fool's Gold. Uh, Danny Brown was I mean, on there. Kid yep. Cudi, yep. Kid mm-hmm. Cudi was there. Probably their like Day and Night was their big one, and then mm. you know Barbara Streisand, and then like they so he did Duck Sauce with um Armin and. Yep. So the NY thing, uh, I don't, you know, it's really interesting. Like, I don't know if these young kids, st- I don't know what they see Duck Sauce as, right. you know, I don't know if they're like, well, oh, Duck Sauce is the same as like Sony in Columbia. Mm. I, I don't know. But, you know, Duck Sauce, I'm sorry, Fool's Gold was smart enough to be like, okay, well, we're going to leverage this and we're going to turn this into like the, the Fool's Gold's right. day off. So they do this huge essentially a festival yeah. of newer artists younger artists you know i remember um <laughs> mcconan right is that how it's, uh, yeah i love mcconan yeah, yeah. But I, I remember seeing him perform there or not personally like a video of him mm-hmm. 
I don't know, like a year, two years before the song really blew up on the yeah. radio. Mm-hmm. And like, Atrox's so got a really good ear for music too, man. Like, yeah, uh, him. So. It's yeah, him like, and a guy named Nick Catch Dubs, and Catch Dubs used to work at a Cornerstone Fader. Like, Fader mm. and Cornerstone are the same kind of company that was started by a guy named Rob Stone. So yeah, um, yeah you know, the, he's the A track is the prototype. Right. So when miss info told me this thing it was just more like you know uh, sure you could do radio if you want but i think you could do better you know doing other stuff and and you'd be fine and i i get what she's saying so like you do have a lot of there's a lot of really good djs who are are fine there but it's the difference between you know grinding and becoming a ceo mm. or something sure. like even um um cypher sounds who used to be a big guy on hot yeah. 97 uh you know he does comedy yeah stuff. he's like he runs comedy shows and shit yeah. now right and you also know? he is a comedian now yeah yeah. yeah so Lord, you know just kind of leveraging that <clears throat> certain level of celebrity yeah. i think is really the way me so meaning that I, this is all speculation i have no idea but like you know, for all we know, some of these DJs could be getting like minimum wage. Yeah. You know, for and but if they don't take the time to take that and promote their parties that they're doing and promote X, Y, and Z that they're doing, that's all they're gonna have. Right. So, uh, I never got into it. You know, and then also, I mean, I hate to be that old dude, but you know. The, the only time I played Lil Nas X was for this man, this gentleman hey, right here. He's the man forever for that. <laughs> Hold I, on, I, let's, I, let's, let's extrapolate on that. <laughs> that can't just be out there. Like, that's out, at, this is out there, everybody knows. You at yeah. Speakeasy, right, uh, which Neil played at this month. Yeah. yeah. So like a few weeks ago. Yeah. A few weeks ago. Uh, it was our five-year anniversary, and it was especially lit. Can I still say that? <laughs> it was pretty hype by like fairly bop 530 <laughs> yeah which you know speakeasy always gets to a certain level but usually it's around these days like 6 like yeah. 630 yeah. but i guess for the uh 5 year anniversary people were even there during my set and i played first so you know the energy was good and we had particularly uh good guest DJs who were comfortable enough to you know play around like you know bouncing between genres and kind of vibes a little bit just anything to keep the party rocking and uh i i started topping up with neil before his set and he was like yo uh what do you guys play here and i was like man play whatever you want yeah that's basically speakeasy and neil was like yeah but what do you guys and i was like uh yo uh just just uh peep peep the uh, I think maybe Sarasa was playing or Terry. I was just like, just just peep what Terry does. And, you know, like I said, kind of bouncing around. And Neil's like, all right, I get it, I get it, I see. But, you know, I, I'm really still not sure, you know, do you want this or, you know, I got, I just downloaded that or whatever you said. Like, I got that new Lil Nas X song, Old what Town What is the name Road. of that shit? Old Town Road? And I was like, God, but I'm not going to play that shit. And I was like, yo. Play you should shit. definitely play that shit. <laughs> Yo, I haven't heard that shit, but like a part sure? of it. Uh, only a part of it. Like, mm. I tend to try to avoid that you shit. You didn't watch I the mean? movie? No, of course I didn't. I mean, watch I didn't the watch the movie, no. either, but I'm surprised you didn't. No, well, you know, the only reason I really checked it out is I, I played it for like 30 seconds because people were saying like, oh, this is a, this is a country song because yeah. he said it's a country song. But when I heard it, I was like, this is not country. 
No. Like this has all the makings of just a regular hip hop. It, it just because Crucial Conflict came out with a song called Hey and they talk about being in the middle of the barn, it doesn't make it a fucking country song. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like smoking on hay in the middle of the barn. That is some Chicago shit. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, not to go Yo, off on Neo. those tangents. I don't even want to go off on those tangents. Damn it, Neo. That's what are totally you? Fine. Wait, what? Where did we start from? We started all over. We, my name. We, yeah, so fresh we name. Not, not, name. Not the first then, uh, start, but how did we? Because we were talking about fat beats, and then beats. we were talking about how did we get to? We're, we were talking about we were talking about the way that uh, DJs have been able to kind of survive right, right, in this right, game right, and right. and monet, like find new lanes to uh, continue. Like a lot of the older cats who come from that technical background or or you know it's a different marketplace for turntablists now like even i'm sure even in your in uh, I, i'm curious how often is it that you're booked as a dj where people are looking to hear you rock straight turntablism type of skills like uh, scratching and never. juggling it's, I, it's, I don't think <laughs> that's, that, that's that popular nowadays right uh, no, i mean cubert no, no. gets booked all I the mean, time that's all he does. right the, there are they're not going for DJs. like a funk set from cubert i mean if you are you're you're not gonna have fun, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there are certain turntablists I think who have incorporated the art form very strongly. Um, I mean, Cubert is straight up. You can expect to go to a Cubert yeah. show and watch him scratch for an hour straight. Yeah. Uh, but there is also a DJ. Oh my god, man! I'm so terrible with names. <laughs> Me too, though. So I mean, yeah. No, I same. mean it, it's terrible because these are. Uh, there's a guy named DJ Inferno who was doing something for a while. I don't know if he still does it. Uh, shout out to him. There's another DJ named DJ Shifty who incorporated a lot of uh, instrumental. May maybe it's called controllerism now, uh, yeah. but he would do a lot of scratching. I mean, uh, I guess there there are a lot of cats who are still heavy on that. Heavy, Richie Ruffone, fucking Scratch Bassett is still oh, like a turntablist yeah. cat. So like he, yeah. you will absolutely one hundred percent hear him scratch. Yeah. At, and when he does a gig, and I think a lot of that also comes out of the whole Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. Like the he, Red Bull he three usually style is stuff. like the yeah three style with like Jazzy Jeff and shit. Um. Yeah. Well, Jeff, I. I think Jeff every so often he'll do like you know that Peter Piper routine or something like he'll double up I'm on records, but you know Scratch Bastard does it. Four Color Zach I think incorporates a lot of that stuff. Craze I think. Oh yeah. Um. So there are DJs who incorporate it, but I don't know. Usually it is like the farthest it'll go is to that like Red Bull. You know that you're gonna go see some kind of competition yeah. and it you know it kind of borderlines it uh meaning like it borderlines like a, a dance party slash competition mm -hmm. slash art showcase type thing yeah but you know other djs don't really do that i personally it's really interesting i i haven't really done normal straight up turntable stuff since it's been like 20 years to oh, be honest shit. But we recently did like a Fit Platoon reunion. 22, 22 years? Is that yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yo, congratulations to you guys, man. That's really, <laughs> really you. dope. I mean, it, it was cool. It was a cool little. So actually, unfortunately, the situation was uh, one of the members of our crew, uh, DJ Rolly Roll, is, is uh, sick. He has, oh, I didn't um, know that, man. Uh, yeah, he didn't really. We didn't really oh, announce it that way. Uh, he has kidney failure, which is... You know, it's not a, something that's immediately dire, but 
it's essentially has it's a, a timeline that's been right. put on his life and uh we were all determined to kind of you know we didn't want to have the the hangout after he's gone right. you know that celebration after he's gone we we're like all right you know everyone so basically everyone dropped everything for some of us it was easy like I, I was in new york at the time so it didn't matter but like cutting candy lives in san diego and okay. ben rock lives in uh, in the bay so they had to literally drop everything and we just kind of came together for one night uh that was this year right yeah yeah just a couple of months ago like in january so it was kind of cool to have it's, everybody in the same room again so I, I mean it's like I, I was always kind of like in the middle. I was like Voltron. If I was I, literally, I'm the head of Voltron, and I would kind of keep in touch with everyone. But there was very often that just folks wouldn't talk to each other. Sure. Not just life. Yeah, mm-hmm. people get older stuff. and yeah. you know, distant yeah. from not yeah. just because proximity. It's like you know, I got shit to just do life. too. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, everyone got kids. Yeah, yeah, uh, man. Blah blah I mean, blah blah blah. You my, know, my best friends from 20 years ago are still my best friends. It's just that I just don't talk to them for you know a year or two at a time. Yeah, shit. exactly. So. so, I mean, one of the members, uh, Doughboy, so they, some of them hadn't seen him in like a right. good 10, 15 years, and we hadn't all been in a room together in since like 1996 maybe wow so it was cool it was really nice um and that brought out all our old routines so we were doing all that stuff i i still have love for the scene um and for the art form 100 percent. think in fact because i never really won anything personally i think that always kind of allowed me to be a fan as opposed to like someone who's in it and always kind of critiquing it right. and I could always just kind of enjoy it at a, on a different level. Um, but I think undoubtedly today's turntablism scene is it's just different. Uh, a more hater person would say it's not even turntablism. Uh, it's, it's just different like how I, I promise you 20 years from now someone's gonna say like Drake is is the epitome of freaking what hip hop is. Yeah. I, a hundred percent I will guarantee you someone's gonna say that I think they're yeah. saying it now yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely you yeah. know I mean, but they're 12 years old now so when they're fucking 30 uh, you know 32 and shit yeah, yeah. yeah. they're gonna, yeah. I'm, they're I, gonna I get what say, you're saying late I get what you're you saying know, so and it's kind of the same thing you know what we were doing is different and let's let's talk about that a little bit like yeah. as a person who um, understands the technical difficulty of a lot of these techniques before um, you know there were sync buttons and you were able to kind of beat juggle off of your your you know midi controller or whatever do you think that um today like the routines that are going down at like the three style or even the dmc now they're so much busier and with so many more like crammed in techniques most of the time because their ability to switch records quickly or to program things do you think that the technical ability of these new new cats compares to the technical ability of guys in your class like is anybody even approach getting as dope at scratching as fucking craze or Cuber? oh no there there are scratchers out there who are just murderers but a lot of times the general public doesn't know who these people are like the scratcher community became very insular i guess um so the best scratches in the world you probably have never heard of mm. and there are a lot 
a lot of really great scratchers who I don't you know they're just not into parties sure. they're not into com competition they don't operate that way their whole thing is more of an art form thing so there's like there's like something called like the Texas Scratch League there, mm. there's a bunch of scratcher little communities and they just kind of all vibe with each other you know literally just yeah 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 <laughs> literally to just hang out and jam mm -hmm. uh i know there's a crew in phoenix that does that there's a crew in new jersey uh the scene that i actually came up in was uh kind of you know just like how fat beats pulled hip-hop together there was another event called table turns in new york that kind of coalesced all the turntables mm -hmm. you know and if you're like babu showcased yeah. cash money showcased that's where the fifth platoon kind of right. came up and table turns is now run by roly roll and so he brought it back so Dope. now there is definitely more of a community that has come together so what are the what are the main differences that you feel about turntablism now is it like are you impressed by this school or is it just something the, that is missing for you or well i think the scratchers are are amazing uh in particular because i can't do like <laughs> an eighth of what they could do yeah. they freaking just they took in particular i think kubert's philosophy about teaching and progression they took what he did and they just kept going and it's like the b-boys like oh yeah the technical skills just went through it, the it fucking just keeps, room they yeah. just keep going but you know there's always that are too technical versus creative versus certain sounds so I, you know for example, like D styles will always be kind of known as like a, would you say a foil of Qbert? Like if Qbert was the most technically monstrous, like he could do so uh -huh. many different techniques. D styles al also has technical capabilities, but he's able to make something sound really funky. Right. You know, uh, maybe like a, a Tony Hawk. How everybody would say Tony Hawk is the most. Uh, he's like a robot. You, mm -hmm. you watch any older movie about it they, that was a criticism quote-unquote right. criticism about yeah. tony it's like a move algorithm it's just like yeah, he can he do just, it he can do he it but there's it. not really like a funk the style. to it or, yeah the style. Soul there's to no it. style yeah, yeah. which I, I think is crap too because tony's a freaking sure. yeah you know but that's what you need to do you need to find something wrong yeah. with the, the guy who's at mm -hmm. the top right, of the mountain right. so that would be what they would say like cubert versus a d sauce thing yeah. and i think there is that that thing that kind of if you are a disciple of Qbert you kind of move in that direction mm -hmm. and then if you're a disciple of like D styles you right. move in the other direction and I think the majority of people like some kind of balance between right, those right. two opposing styles yeah. uh, but you know when you start getting into how, like how do you judge stuff like you, you need to quantify so then it, it becomes difficult you know just like in the b-boy scene like our power moves right power moves just look powerful right they look amazing right but very often sometimes these guys who could do yeah. the craziest gymnastic looking stuff can't freaking right. keep a beat with their footwork yeah yeah so how do you judge that how yeah. do you it depends on like your school of thought yeah like i and came up styles beats powers that's school of thought i came up in yeah. when i was b-boying like yeah. if you do a lot of dope power moves i'm about to get funky off the beat and do a dope blow up off of my poses or something yeah you know, so. so it it's yeah. you know then it then it's all whatever so that sect of turntablism i love now then there's the competition set so that's the dmcs and red bull right. and i think the main difference between what we used to do and what is being done now is uh, 
I mean, there's a, a very strong argument. It, it's about technology, right? Mm-hmm. So now the kids have essentially like buttons. They put, they can push buttons. They actually, some of the battles, I think you can even use synthesizers and yeah. do a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it changes the art form very much in the same way that like, okay, you know. Singing makes hip hop kind of blurry on if it's still rap or well, hip hop. Well, well I mean, yeah. singing with uh you know, a vocoder, yeah. you know, auto tune mm. is auto tune singing the same as singing? Right. What would you I'm pretty does sure is different than Marvin Gaye would yeah. be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Yeah, what is this cheat code that y'all yeah, using? What, yeah. what is this yeah. bullshit? Yeah. And you know, if, if you think of it in that way, yeah. Sure. Who's going to argue with Marvin Gaye? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but I don't know, like, it, it is, it's, it's it changes just different. It to a point where it's like, yeah, it's uh, like even though people are still talented, like using the new technology and you can see the art in it, it's almost like, yo, this is like a beast of a different name, but we're still calling uh, yes, it. Yes, I, I it, wish yeah, that there was yeah. a different name. Now, so where that comes from, like, uh, and I, I'm, I always try to be a positive dude, but we've gotten to the point like you could literally, with the equipment, because you can't skip mm-hmm. on records anymore you can't do certain things like you can teach a four-year-old a three-year-old how to dj mm-hmm. and how to backspin mm-hmm. and there's videos of, of little kids doing it yeah and it's great it's fun it's cute it's all of those things a hundred percent but if you were an artist who came up in a previous time and you gave these little kids two real records and said, go ahead, backspin. I, yeah. I can almost guarantee that they can't. Yeah. Because you don't learn touch. You don't learn how to how to be like a soft touch. Right. Now, counter argument, okay, you know, we all use Photoshop or l- yeah. a lot of people who have to make their own stuff. What we do is not like what right. the real guys did, yeah. you know, who literally had to cut letters out for typography right Mm. so does that mean anyone who learns photoshop has to go through that right of course not you know that's that's ridiculous but personally i don't respect anybody who doesn't learn cuneiform you know what i'm saying or make their own printing press sure like martin luther yeah i've only read the bible right right (laughs) well and that that's a good point like i think one of the things that's more important than actually like somebody's ability to do that or where they start from with the technology is whether or not they respect like the work that came off the back of of their advancements you know what i mean it's like not all that there was a large portion of the dj community that thought that like uh dvs systems like serato and shit like that was selling out right but but we were we were my crew was one of the earlier uh, adopters of it and the attitude has changed yeah. so much I, right when we first were talking about it, people were like nah yeah. nah nah right. just straight no and now 90 percent use it but to go ahead to your point i'm sorry well, well what i was saying is that like 
everything that all technological advancement is not necessarily progress within a culture all all changes is not necessarily progress in a culture we see this with gentrification how it changes communities and things so with our subculture of hip-hop i just think that one of the most important things is not that a 12 year old ha actually has to go back and do everything the most difficult way but that uh that a 12 year old at least knows what the shit was about and when they look at videos of rock Rada or when they look at videos of you know um fucking whoever j-rock or whoever um babu they realize like okay this is why that happens yeah, this is where this comes it, from there's... that transformer scratch was created by this person and so i think like as long as we don't have like a collective loss in the memory then the culture can change and manifest in different ways but there needs to be that through line where we're continuing to teach the kids about what why that they're like why that this fucking midi button is cool for you to use this way to advance the culture yeah. you know what i mean like that's I mean, kind of like my I, stance i'm not yeah, like i i i agree uh, absolutely i mean yeah. there's nothing yeah yeah not, it's, it's yeah. easy to it's like one of the things that i find real crazy is that because i'm i don't know to use these terms wrong because i come from like that four element back uh backpacker old head type of culture and i happen to be older than the the, the youth now a lot of times when i'm talking about like giving respect to like a marley mall for learning like starting sampling or you know the the type of lyricism that 90s artist was doing because i have such a reverence for that people think that i can't respect like some of the new kids and some of the new shit that's happening and i really do but a lot of the shit that i just don't feel like is really hip-hop culture i feel like it's some bastardization of it and it comes from monetizing and people manipulating what they thought hip-hop culture was like i love new shit like I, most of my favorite shit is like new shit that's coming out now and they might call it abstract or weird, but it's like, nah, that's just fucking hip hop culture. So when I see like a little kid who's really wrecking off a of turntablism and shit, I'm just kind of like, all right, that's dope. I hope his handlers and like, you know, the people who are teaching him are obviously telling him why he should respect like a Q-Bird or, you know, Mr. Sinister or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, mean, I just don't want to get lost in Back in the day, that. I think it, they, it just used to go hand in hand, but, uh, I don't know. Again, it you know, when something gets big, when something gets on a larger platform and people not close to the culture get involved, it ultimately it changes. And uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if people. I mean, I, I think that's one of the issues now in, in uh, popular stuff. You know, yeah. you'll have artists who I mean, straight up say it. I, yeah. You know what? To be to be fair. I've never heard one of the early artists straight up diss X, Y, and Z, but I do know artists who are big now who say like, I didn't, I don't listen to Jay-Z. Right. That's my parents' music. Yeah. And I kind of get it. You know, one of the things about youth culture is rebellion against yeah. whatever the, the norm is. Mm -hmm. I did it. I would think my parents did it, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Um, and you kind of just do that yeah. and maybe eventually you come back into some kind of line you know and 
you realign yourself like oh well this is what came back came before and then you kind of get appreciation for it but i i never i I never really experienced like not liking the the previous generations of hip-hop before me like i like my shit but there was always some og to tell me why i needed to respect this b-boy or why this graph writer was dope or why this turntablist was dope or you know uh, like like i guess how how old are you i'm 36 okay so So i graduated in 2001 so i'm about 10 years older than you how old are you 32 all right are you a young buck yeah <laughs> but i don't you know i don't know i don't know if i i kind of feel like i'm the last generation of, of that. people that yeah I'm, quite possibly i, I, I kind of feel like my class is the last generation of, of the four uh, element hip-hop underground yeah because you you might have come up still you got to remember we didn't have a youtube right you didn't you you couldn't yeah. find stuff on your own no. someone had to yeah to give it Yo, to you. i learned like i like moves that i wanted to do like we were around those vhs tapes till they pop yeah like, exactly you know, so you, you we didn't have lyrics online we listened to the song a million times yeah and shit. yeah it was it's uh definitely so you know that might also be one of the reasons why the culture is kind of changing why there is no connection i mean so in that in that lil nas x thing that where they were talking about where even the beat came from some kid in the netherlands made the beat he it was sold for 30 bucks and like the little kid he obviously he's making beats so even the technology allows you like you don't have to be a music historian or care about music you just need the tool yeah and and these understand the formula yeah and these kids don't need someone to teach them the tool they some yeah. people just look at it. They're like, okay, yeah. here, boop, 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 boop. The barrier of entry is so much lower it's now di- for yeah, everything. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah. And this kid lifted the, the, the sample for this song from a Nine Inch Nails song. So to me, oh, I know Nine Inch Nails is a is cultural phenomenon to me. Right. Like even if you didn't listen to the music, like Captain Marvel, the, the recent movie, the, the lead character in the movie, Captain mm-hmm. Marvel herself, or I don't know what she... Um, Carol Danvers. Carol, yeah, <laughs> there you go, Carol Danvers. She's wearing a Nine Inch Nails shirt. Yeah. Like, that's how culturally important they are, yeah. even if you didn't know them. But the, the kid was like, I've, I don't know who Nine Inch Nails is. I just like the song. Yeah. So they We did that from, too. Uh, oh, absolutely. Right. 100% we did yeah. that. But, so do you see though, like now, I mean, this is literally... This is not a kid in the Bronx who went to a record store. This mm-hmm. is some kid entirely disconnected to the culture in the Netherlands. And, and I, I use that. I don't know the kid. So maybe sure. he wasn't into hip hop. I don't yeah. know. Right. But obviously he didn't know who Nine Inch Nails is. And if you're. What you're talking about, though, speaks to a larger picture in yes. general. Like it, this is just a microcosm yes. like example. But yeah. yeah. And literally he made this song that argue with me all you want but this song is the biggest song in the world yeah. as of like a month ago yeah you know li- li- yeah. and <laughs> from from a person who had no knowledge of the music of right. the whatever so all that to say like what i come up with that right when i make my final yeah. statement is just we don't i don't know if these cultural lines right is that even hip-hop culture what the, I mean, you know what I mean? Like okay, that's where it gets fuzzy that, for me. Yeah, but like, is that even as far as culture, making music, pop he, music culture, he, he, it's well, almost he literally like, sampled a song. Yeah, he made the. Beat. Well, it has it's all almost, the markings of hip hop, but yeah. we, but like it has all exactly like all what them. you were talking about originally in New York, like you guys weren't doing hip hop 
you were just living yeah. <laughs> living in the culture. Yeah. Brooklyn Terry also talks about this. Like he's like I would say Terry almost doesn't really consider himself a part of or not not a part of like uh, Terry probably wouldn't say I'm hip hop. I mean, he would if you asked him. But if you were like to say, yo, explain yourself in like one word or something, he might say dancer or, you know, Brooklyn or, you know, he was he's just a black kid, you know, living in New York. And that's what they did. And now, like the way everything has advanced with technology and everything like this global culture phenomenon thing is like, yo, kids go on YouTube. They learn how to do something. They like this genre. So Yo, I'm gonna sample this song. Fuck it if it's not, you know, a typical thing mm. that exists with this other thing that used to be like this. But now, all this shit is mixed together. There's no lines. There's yeah. no cultural borders right. that much well, anymore. I think a big thing about hip hop is is that people who are part of the subculture who grew up with it and, and follow it from my generation, anything that I do is hip hop. So if I fucking play a rock song, it's going to be hip hop. If you listen to Most Def's uh, first album, Black on Both Sides. There's so many different genres there, but everything about that album is hip hop because hip hop can be whatever you want it to be. It's not about whether you can construct a track and make it sound like hip hop. That doesn't it. It has the markings of hip hop, but hip hop. I feel like there needs to be an intention behind it to say like I am making hip hop. This is hip hop because this is what I do. And with with these lines, like I don't think a lot of these kids for, come from the perspective that I'm making hip hop music. They come from a perspective where like this is called hip hop, but what I'm making is really just popular music. This is the popular sound that I like. So it's like pop rap to me most of this shit. And so when I listen to this little Nas X track and he says, this is country, I say, no, this is like pop rap. It, it has all the formulaic markings of what is supposed to be popular music right now. It's definitely pop music. Yeah. Oh, well, 100%. Yeah. But hip hop is pop music now. Exactly. Now. So, but, yeah. but I mean, for a long time, but, it has been. But um, we, I, we, you I know, re- we come from or especially, you know, even though you're only 36, like you have an older mentality yeah. because of older heads around you. I'm. Even older, and you mentioned Scheme. Scheme's been around for weekend for five. Hey, he was, it, he 80s. was, yeah, he was, He's he was hip hop before we called it that and shit, yeah. right? Like, but see, and actually, it's interesting you just say that. I don't, you know, ultimately we're we're talking about labels, right? Now at this point, right. we're talking about labels. The most interesting conversation I ever had was with Futura. So Futura oh, two thousand is yeah. um, legendary graph. Well, maybe a street artist we should call him now. See, and so that's where, that's where it gets interesting, yeah. right? So he, I guess, one of his earlier things that he did was he brought the canvas of the street to, you know, to to museums yeah. and to we were, galleries. We were calling it selling out for him doing that at one point too. See, and and I was <laughs> I, I always wanted to to ask about that from uh, from other audiences. What did people think about him? I think I might have asked Woes about that once. I think universally everybody, I think ultimately respects him. But oh, yeah. the story he told me, because it he, you know that that sound that we all scratch like that, you know this stuff is really fresh. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that's from a record that came out on Celluloid Records. It was a French French label. I guess that ultimately was put out by Fab Five Freddy. So very early on, Futura actually told me the the wildest stories which i should have known but i I don't know i just didn't connect the dots for some reason 
in New York at the time, you got to remember, there was no label hip-hop that didn't exist. Yeah. We created it for better or for worse. And I, I think there's a reason why it was created. One of the things was there was actually a legitimate fight between white and black music where uh, MTV would not play black artists. Right. Like, straight up. They would Like Michael say, Jackson. Like, yeah, they, wouldn't they would play not Michael. play Michael Jackson. Yeah. They wouldn't play Rick James. They wouldn't play any of the artists. They wouldn't play freaking uh, Dennis Edwards. Yeah. They wouldn't play it. And, no. and they would literally, when asked, they would say they did not want their core audience to be afraid of the people that they were showing on TV. Like, I mean, like, literally, mm. that, that uh, that's the words, right. the verbiage they use. Now, I might be misquoting it, but, but that that's was the, the verbiage. behind it, right. Yes. They might be afraid of black people, ultimately. Yeah. Which Still goes on today. <laughs> it, it, yeah. You know, the, the one of the artists that asked the question was David Bowie, who, who married a black woman. Shout out to David Bowie for this, too. And he, you know, he just kind of looked at him and they were like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. And yeah. it, it's, <laughs> it, it's so, I think that's one of the reasons why you needed something like hip hop, yeah. like a genre label. No. But uh, the story that, that um, he told me was The Clash, so the most biggest clash song is rock the casbah mm -hmm. i guess they're post-punk you know a, a group that you would call post-punk some would essentially they're a rock group mm. the yep. farthest yep. thing from hip-hop you could get all right and futura ended up meeting them and when the clash would come to new york they would want future to essentially host them so he would hang out and host them so if you listen to not it actually it might be on rock the casbah like future is on a clash song mm. he raps on a clash song right. and um if you watch i forgot which video but there's a video of them on on this performing and this backdrop of the clash you know their logo comes down and future is the one who, who drew that mm -hmm. and you know, we think of hip-hop in this certain compartmentalized thing. It's, it's X, Y, and Z. If, if I said to you, okay, when do you think the first time a graph writer painted while, like, a performer was on? You'd be like, oh, that's a hip-hop show. No. No. Futura used to paint live while The yeah. Clash would perform. Yeah. Graffiti was happening well before Yeah, and so there, and there's those people who say, like, oh, no, you know, the older heads, they're like, oh, no. Yeah. It, graphs isn't part of hip-hop. Graphs, graphs, right? Yeah. So anyway, going forward, uh, you know, he tells me this story and he's like, he's like, oh, you know who the, the artists that were performing with The Clash? It was the Funky 4 Plus 1. It was these, what we would now call hip hop, hip -hop. artists. Yeah. Mm. Because this was just what was going on in New York. Like all these subcultures were, yeah. you know, the punk scene was going down, down downtown at CBGB's. I don't know if you guys know I'm familiar, yeah. yeah. So that's where Blondie and the Ramones yeah. and Talking Heads, yeah. they all came it, from that yeah. world. And, it was, and uh, that's why Blondie yeah. has a song yeah. where she raps. Yeah. Fab Five Freddy, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, Flash is Fast, right. blah, blah, blah. That's why that was happening because right. there were no lines. Right. There wasn't that line. It was just, yo, we're all doing this. Right. And so, you know, just to kind of give like a, a interesting perspective, like to, you know, 
the argument for a lot of old heads that came up in a certain time period, you know, including myself. Usually I would get put in that as well, is that, you know, man, this stuff that these new kids is doing, this ain't hip-hop. Yeah. But technically, yeah. maybe what we were doing was it yeah. hip-hop. It's just what we needed to coalesce, to call it something that we could enjoy as a group, as a culture. And now we are at a point where it's changing again. So, of course, yeah. that old guard, you know, including yeah. me, you, you know, th- we're not too happy about right. it. I, I think <clears throat> this is a, a story that happens very often. People, I'm positive, I'm positive when, like, when Run DMC had to hand their guard to, like, De La Soul. Yeah. I don't know if they were entirely happy no. about it. I don't know. I'm, I don't think they were. Yeah. And no. I'm positive when Grandmaster Flash and the whole, <laughs> Gave it. <laughs> it yeah. went to Rakim. Yeah. They were like, what's this? Have yeah. you You're dressed normally? Where's your outfit? Um, yeah. <laughs> documentary your series <laughs> right. on, um, on, uh, on Netflix. Yes. I've, Which one? Uh, evolution? Hip-hop, oh, yeah. yeah hip-hop, hip-hop evolution. evolution. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's really cool or it's kind of sad but you know there's really nothing you can do about it sometimes how like you know just how you were saying the different eras with like you know the the furious five and you know or uh whatever like all those groups like kind of at the start and then you know the next episode is about maybe like the the first golden era with run dmc and them and like you know before that cool or whatever whatever and it's kind of interesting how you know at the end of one episode it's like and nobody could see like the the upcoming adidas stripes right. and, you know coming <laughs> up and then you know they have their episode and then at the end of that was like and nobody could tell that <laughs> these wild ninjas out of Staten Island who would have thought that yeah. ass clapping would make such and it's a just like indelible mark on music <laughs> <laughs> industry it's just like standards. yeah they're they're so prominent in their episode and then maybe they're at the beginning of the next episode and getting mentioned and yeah. then it just kind Comes of goes fades away yeah. and no, nobody really sustains throughout the whole thing like yeah. it's not like somebody's like a permanent fixture very, at all very oh, yeah, absolutely all all genres of, of uh, rock has a couple of those yeah you know and, and yeah. that's we the allow argument. it more in rock and shit well, that's the, well, maybe not. the idea. No, nah, I, I don't think not. we do. Maybe that's not, not. true. There are a yeah. couple, you know, like the Rolling Stones. I but would they're, say Madonna. Right. They're not uh, hot. Madonna's yeah. definitely not hot. Right. Somebody that listens but they, to but they pop music survive. Today, oh, right. yeah. They 100%. Can, they, can, they probably yeah. would not know a new. They, yeah. They're not looking for They don't for listen new to new Rolling Madonna Stones. or new Rolling oh, yeah. Stones. 100%. Yeah. But they have longevity. I think Jay is that. I'm positive in Jay is Kanye. a weird outlier in all of music history. No, I would actually. say Jay Z more than the examples we just used. Yeah. Like yeah. Jay Z still makes music that he won young a Grammy for his album See, fucking I, last I, year. I don't shit, know right? about that. I know a lot of. I mean, proof is in the pudding. Lil yeah. Uzi is like, I don't listen to Jay Z, yeah, yeah. so that's not really true. Four four four. I mean, I I heard. I don't know how true it was, but like people were saying, like, yo, these tickets were not expensive. Mm. You could get. You know, so mm, he's still relevant in a hmm. larger standpoint, just like for whatever reason. But is he Frank's really a, moving the needle for the children no. and shit? Probably yeah. not. And like Frank Sinatra, uh, every everyone knows who Frank Sinatra is. I yeah. I can guarantee. But I think you, like, that's more like 
the reason Rolling Stones and these people, and maybe after what you just elaborated on, Jay-Z to a certain extent, the reason that they, you know, sell these concert tickets or, you know, do these things is because that generation of people, like baby boomers, not necessarily for Jay-Z, but definitely these older acts, they have all the money in that shit they have like three hundred dollars to spend on true more uh, than that for I a front mean, row they support, they support differently because yeah. i think it's, it's i think that the support nostalgia is different. factor yeah. and i think the support is different i don't i don't know you know i don't know if anyone's did an economic study on who actually yeah. goes it, it's possible i mean that that is a possible yeah. but i think it's just ultimately brand brand mm-hmm. acknowledgement longevity nostalgia yeah. being able to tap into he, all that he's kept himself culturally relevant um through all levels of hip-hop, hip-hop i mean you talk about jay years. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, it, I, I, you know. I i yeah, mean even absolutely. The, the top the top people uh within hip-hop culture the highest sellers that are artists i would say not like one hit wonder type of cats who have like one good song and like a mediocre album what i mean to say is like your uh, Jay Cole's, your Drake's, your Kendrick Lamar, all of them acknowledge Jay still, and they all uh, reference him. You know, when 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 444 came out, Kendrick was like, "This is a master, a masterpiece album." You know, Drake is always trying to go at Jay because he sees him at the top and his only major competition. And so, uh, I don't know where I was going with that, other than to say that <laughs> Jay has just been able to do it for a ne- long time. Neil's definitely right, though. Yeah. Like a lot of uh younger people like younger than me younger than my bro my little brother are definitely when they get asked even artists like uh uh little yachty or whatever they don't listen to jay they don't listen to tupac yes that part is different but i i think well initially why i I brought that part of the deal up. Was I'm, just I'm glad you're able to bring these conversations around because I get lost in the tangent. Oh, okay. That's what he was talking about. Good. I mean, ultimately, we have these labels. I don't know if there's a right or wrong. I've taken the kind of the stance that, you know, it, it's not black and white. It's not yeah. like as much as because we, we think like that. You know, we think everything's a zero-sum game. Mm, right. You know, you can't be rich if without someone being poor. You can't do this without mm-hmm. someone else, blah, blah, blah. And I hope that's not the reality, but ultimately, you know, culture, things that we care about is fluid, you know, and at some point, whether or not we like it, we're going to have to jump out that bandwagon or we're going to have to figure out to join, right. you know, to keep being on that same mm. wave. And if we're not on that wave and every if, if everyone else is calling it hip hop, but we're not on what that are, wave, what are, maybe yeah. we're not. We're just not that anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, so actually, on the b-boy tip, one of the more interesting. Ta- I was in New Mexico. We I forgot for something, and uh, I would like to say Mr. Wiggle said this, hmm. and this was before, like Javi Coro and all those guys. Javi Coro and uh, all. So I don't think it was quite power moves all over the place yet. But he brought up this this you know this thing is like you know like b-boying is free music you know it, it's free dance it's your expression it's your blah 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 but no matter what I'm sorry like if you come into the circle and you start doing ballet you're not being a b-boy anymore and see I, I get that hundred percent so I don't know 
I don't know if there's ultimately a right or wrong. I, yeah. I think you got to figure out what works for you right. and, you know. I think you're absolutely that. right about that. Like, I like Young Thug. I think what he's doing is close enough to hip-hop for me to call him a hip-hop artist. He's unique enough, and if he says it's hip-hop, then I kind of agree with it. Mm. So, I don't know. On that note, let's go ahead and take a break because I feel like we could all be old men yelling <laughs> at clouds. But I really don't, I don't, re- I really don't think clouds. we are. I don't think it's that's like, what we were doing. No, no. not at all. Like, it, it, it's an interesting cultural divide, and it's a conversation that I think happens quite a bit. Well, but, we, you know, before, our opinions before on the break, and I, I don't mean to start another 15-minute conversation, but... <laughs> Like, I don't think we got your opinion on it, Neil. Like you said, it's not black or white or a zero-sum you game, but I our, how content are you? How do I feel you? about current hip-hop or what's the ultimate question? Hip-hop, uh, turntablism, the actual oh, so music. So that's where we did well, start the, with the turntablism. The what's the state of it right now, I guess? Is well, that no, because no, I don't want to talk about it, but... Like, I mean, I, do you I, like it? Do you follow things regularly? Like, are you interested or... Neil Armstrong, the the turntablist, that guy I've heard who of used him. to battle and used to do all that stuff. I, I mean, he probably would even hate Neil Armstrong. Current Neil Armstrong, mm. <laughs> you know, you know that that Neil Armstrong was like, yeah, all I listen to is Gangstar and Smith and Wesson. All yeah. I wear is freaking Timberlands. What are you talking about? I'm not doing yeah. that. You know, mm. this is weak. He's this like, is whack. Yeah. This is blah blah blah. It's like your slang don't sound right anymore, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you saw what happened. Did you say you? lit? <laughs> What's a Yokohama? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? So, you know, I think I've come to just appreciate it for what it is. Uh, You are adding another aspect to the situation because DJing is also, it's not just my life, it's also my career. So there's a money component to Mm. it. Selling out, Neil. Yeah. Young Neil. So there's there's that aspect of it. Um, And unfortunately i can guarantee you 99 percent of the djs out there have in some form or fashion sold out or have yeah. had had to sold out sell yeah. out the, god bless we're the ones who never do yeah. we're actively i'm to looking sell. to sell out if you have anybody else <laughs> buying in is not See? the way to go anymore huh? we would love to sell this all podcast. this paying dues is just buying advertising really space. trying to get the ivory glass <laughs> trying so hard and you know i don't know like it's that balance like because we are talking about culture, you know, culture isn't supposed to be commodified like right. that. And the ones who do, even when they're internal, like they're villains, uh, ultimately. So I don't know. Uh, I am, you know, blessed that I've been lucky to do stuff like the Speakeasy, where I can actually really just play whatever I want and you know have fun with it. But it's also a conversation. So mm, the conversation was, you're a younger cat. There are some younger folks in there. That Lil Nas X song is kind of fun. Yeah. Let's have some fun. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm willing to, I'm not as rigid as some of the older heads. Yeah. You don't come across that way either. Yeah, I, I You're hope definitely not. not the old guy yelling at the clouds. <laughs> I hope yeah. not. And I, I also understand that as well. I understand that because when you care about something, you care about it. Yeah. You don't want it to get messed yeah. up. You want it to get lost. P- Pete, Pete Rock is 100% right when he says that these guys can't rap for shit. Yeah. But he's also a little bit wrong in the sense that they shouldn't do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah. they can't they can't rap, but they know they can't. Yeah. <laughs> they know they yeah, can't. Don't get on that. Uh, yo, turn that premiere beat off. I'm not about to uh, old country road on this shit. Yeah, they, they know they can't. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, 
they're still making way more money than some of these cats oh, ever yeah. will, including yeah. myself. Yeah. You know, you know Jay Rue the damage and mad out there. <laughs> You're like, oh, I should have got that old country road money. You know, and it, it's tough. It's it's all it's it's real tough. And um, I don't know. Uh, ultimately, let's just say I'm not mad at it. You know, I'm not mad at we it. Mad. I I we would love it if we lived in a world where, you know, we were able to get paid to do exactly what was what we thought were was great mm. but that's just not reality yeah. word on uh, uh and that's all right, right. at know? least until we seize the means of production you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right megalay show is not corporately owned y'all <laughs> we out here off grid yo thank you neil man we're going to take a little bit commercial break and when we come back we're going to go ahead and share some music and then i want to talk a little bit more about neil's taste we'll ask him some of the unchanging some temperature check questions and i want to talk a little bit about touring with jay-z sounds good megalay show episode 79 see this is some b-boy shit Yo, what's good? This is DJ Spinner, and you're listening to the Mega Late Show, the number one hip-hop podcast in the world. Peace. Yo, what up, what up? This Elder Sensei, one half of the Artifacts, Jersey, stand up. You are now checking out the Mega Late Show. Let's go, y'all. Peace, Jersey. Elder Sensei, one. Yeah, yo, that was actually a really long, incredible tangent that I was not <laughs> expecting to hear. And uh, your life is fucking tight, man. I, well, I appreciate that. But I, I think I've kind of learned, yo, everyone's life is tight if they, you know. I, I always knew, but people got to remember, I was always smart enough to know this was a moment. Like, I, I, don't, I don't call it Rashida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's, right, not, that's right. not happening now. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not with Jay. Mm. Uh, you know, that... If you don't have either smarts about it or understanding, like, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay wouldn't recognize me, to be honest. Yeah. It was 10 years ago. Right. Like, li- 10 years ago, right. I'm a little chubbier. He n- meets a million and a one million people. people. Yeah. I really wouldn't be surprised if he was like, you know, I, I'd have to remind him, yo, it's Neil Armstrong, B. I was your tour DJ. Right. It's me, nervous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, nervous. Yeah, yeah. Word, man. I remember I had no <laughs> shoes on with you. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if you don't understand that these are just moments in time, yeah. you could get depressed about it. You sure. could get upset about yeah. how stuff is. You know, but, we, we, we've, been, we've been doing this podcast for like almost three years and shit, and we've met some of our like favorite people that we never thought we would meet. And, uh, like, you know, although I do have Marley Mall's phone number in my phone, like, there's, <laughs> I'm not calling him up, you know what I mean? And I really just, we kind of just cherish those kind of memories. And, exactly. And, and it just stands as, like, uh, I also use those things as kind of, like, motivation. Like, you know, I deserve some of the shit that I get, and I'm pretty dope at some things. And I try to be humble. I, I don't think I'm quite as humble as you, but, fuck, <laughs> I try to be humble about things and just feel fortunate and happy about the kind of experiences that we had. And um, for our listeners who are just tuning and now we just had about an hour and a half tangent of talking <laughs> about the entire time and how uh neil started touring with jay-z not exactly sure how what's going to come of that maybe it'll be like a 0.5 that comes out like a week later or we might use it during a week that we take a break but 
you'll get to hear that at some point. Yeah. Um, right now, we're going to go into the second half of our podcast, which is a weather report. And for this, since we were talking for three hours already, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to share a track, but I do want to give a shout out to the Loop Pack, who are se- uh, celebrating uh, the 20th anniversary of their album, uh, Sound Pieces, The Antidote, which has some classic joints on it. Uh, Mad Lib's got a new album coming out with Freddie Gibbs probably the day that this comes out. Mm. So um, word up. But we are going to share a track from Neil. And let me just pull that up while I go back because we were listening to um, some Jay-Z shit. But I think I can just start this from the beginning, right, Neil? And then Yeah, yeah. It's a, There's a mixtape I did called Bittersweet. And oh, yeah. hold on. Let me, let me come back it's off like that. So this was the first track that I did. And actually... This might be the reason that I ended up working with Jay. This is pretty old, though, man. I feel like, oh, what is this, like old. 2002, 2003? Older than that? Possibly 2002. Okay. It's pretty old. You know, I never I, I never owned this uh, mixtape for whatever reason. You kind of know how it was back in the day. Like, you would the tape trading yeah, was, was a big it. thing. But <laughs> I never had this. But I definitely have heard this, um, several cuts off of this. All and right. people threw them on mixtapes or whatever. You know, I probably even try to freak this and put this on a, like, you know, a little <laughs> joint for, like, a chick that I was trying to, uh, you know, romance. <laughs> I was going to say seduce, but I don't know if I've ever done that. So the, yeah. the one story I can confirm, uh, this mixtape got in the hands of Kenny Burns so who was running the rock like rock of rock music and um, he told me that uh, he was they were playing this on a tour bus and like you know it wasn't this part there was another song I did with Sade I did a, 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 a something and but they were he just you know, lost his shit. He was like, yeah, I, I had to get up and run up and down the aisles because I was, mm. like, my what mind was blown it? type deal. Are those the drums from fucking uh, The Clips? Yeah. Okay. So I mixed my Sherry Moore with The Clips and then uh, the other beat in the beginning, there was another beat. Um, Classic bass, drum break. Vinyl? Oh, back then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is all on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, back then, this is all vinyl. So whenever Grinding came out is when this came out. Okay. Uh, 2003-ish. Yeah. Uh, well, 2002. 2000. Yeah. 2002. Because yeah. that's why I did it. Mid to late 2002, I want to say. So at the time, ultimately what Bittersweet was, it, if you listen to it, it's a story of a relationship. So it's not all good music. It's not all bad music about love. Is you know. There's like chapters, right? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, this is... Chapter one. Yeah, chapter Boy one. Boy meets a girl. girl. Yeah, exactly. Chapter two is whatever. You start dating. Chapter three, you're breaking up. Chapter mm-hmm. four is you're getting better. You know, mm-hmm. how do you rebound from it? Um, This ended up becoming my... I, possibly the, the work that most people know me for. And I've gotten a lot of very kind words about it you know people have told me like yo you the reason why i got married was because me and this girl (laughs) like uh you know me and my wife were listening to your mixtape on a you know on a road trip child was conceived while we was listening to this the other side was like yo you know you know I, i don't mean to sound so soft and whatnot but you know, when me and my girl were breaking up, your, your mixtape helped me. Mm. You know, so I, yeah, I yeah. get all all that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, for sure, this mixtape 
I go have a meeting with Ken Kenny Burns, and I actually met Dame Dash that day too. Um, and Kenny was like, "I want you to make a mixtape like that mm. for for me." Okay. And I, you can't; it doesn't work that way. But right. <laughs> mm. so he actually literally bootlegged one of my other mixtapes and put a new cover on it. Oh shit! And, and Tight. he did that later. Bootleg. So I, I have that. In my in my stories of shit that happened, but yeah, this is actually we put that out on forty five recently, and uh, like Coco played it, put oh, it no on shit. Instagram. Yo, isn't he fucking amazing, man? Oh yeah, that was crazy. Um, I've never spoken to him. Did he speak English pretty well? I, I know he'd I be out there so. with. I, mean, I know he'd be he like in pictures, like in the East Coast, just him, like no other Japanese I people around. Up with Finesse him a little there. bit at Sarasa's. Yeah. Uh, anniversary I'm pretty sure okay. he doesn't I'm pretty okay. sure he doesn't speak English Cause yeah. if he does If he did he would You know Yeah yeah He doesn't really talk But I mean it was great That That uh It found a little bit of new life Dumb. Um Yeah if The, the it, best it, music does that though And I think it really speaks to the qualities That you're able to kind of Put together within this mix You know what I mean Yeah, yeah I appreciate that it, It's It's interesting because like um there's this there's interesting cross section between like nostalgic jams that you'd hear your parents playing, but then there's also the fucking grinding drums under it. You well, know, that, so that it's was like the that's point. the you know at, at when I made it, I wanted to update some older music to possibly an audience that wasn't necessarily you know did didn't know about right. this. Mm. You got to remember, I'm I'm a turntablist, right? So. My boy, like Daddy Dog, used to always give me shit when I would make stuff like that. Because you don't play, you know, Dennis right. Edwards, don't look any further. You yeah. play Wu-Tang. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you can't but flare to this. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to do something different. And that <laughs> ended up becoming my litmus test. Like, if Daddy Dog hated it. Then I was like, all right, this is gonna be a hit. <laughs> this is <laughs> work, gonna be. This is gonna work. This is gonna work. And essentially, yeah, that's what I got most known for for doing different shit. Work. And uh, you know, it's not easy to do that all the time. And and you know, I just happen to really like this stuff. Yeah. And it. it Your parents used to play this type of stuff for no, you. No, no, no. My parent, my father. The closest thing to an urban artist he liked was Nat King Cole. Okay. He, he's a lot older, yeah. you know. Not, not quite that street, that <laughs> not Nat that King street. Cole, you know. But what's his name did? Chappelle did a, a skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what was Come it? Uh, urbanized uh, it. Uh, he urbanized it a little. Yeah, yeah. The, the Nat King Cole skit where he yeah. pours the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. Nat King Cole coming at you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, my father was not like that. My, you know, they listened to like the Osmond Brothers. It's like, you know, just not this, not Sade, not whatever. But through time, I ended up discovering a lot of this stuff. And you, I couldn't really admit that I, at the time, like, you just didn't. Yeah. Like, can you imagine like Sean Price being like, oh, Sade's my shit. Like, yeah, at yeah. that point. These days. Maybe yeah, but now. Not, but yeah. right. like, you couldn't. My, my sister was a, a big New Wave fan, so I've seen Depeche Mode in concert. Mm-hmm. I've seen New Order in concert. I've seen Pill. So Pill is uh, is the side group deep, yeah. of um, the Johnny Lydon of the Sex Pistols. Yeah, mm-hmm. even I've seen OMD. I've seen Midnight Oil. I've seen all these really right. New Wave bands, but 
when I was playing DOS Effects, I couldn't yeah. tell my DOS Effects friends <clears throat> that I listened to this stuff. You know, you just you just didn't. There was just a, right. a large separation. But yeah, back then at the height of Bucktown coming out, yeah. if at a Bucktown concert, all of a sudden he it dropped Sade, yeah. I think. Right. That, that I think would be a lot a of tough. <laughs> a, a lot. Of, uh, I feel like a lot of the R and B stuff didn't really get accepted in pop, like oh, no, part not. of until like the the mid aughts is when people started feeling like oh, okay like i mean like this this track in particular my parents played sade but i began to have more of an appreciation of it when doom sampled the shit you know when doom flipped the shit like uh, jazz was like allowed like you could enjoy some jazz music but i, I wasn't really on some teddy pendergrass when shit i or, got super into yeah. sade but yeah it was a little bit later in my life yeah. Like, um, you know, uh, I, I'm curious because I grew up, you know, my mom is my mom is Filipino, which comes with a mix of races because just the way yeah. that the country's focused. And she's the first person in her family to come to the United States. And my dad is, you know, black Native American. And so I had like my mom was always my mom. Yeah, my mom was always singing um, karaoke in the house. We used to have laser discs. We used to have the <laughs> yeah. tape shit, right? And so my mom would sing everything from like Simon and Garfunkel to Beatles songs to you know soul and even Bob Marley things. And so a lot of my, um, oh yeah, like you're gonna have to come in. A lot of my musical sensibilities were based upon those those yeah. things you know what i mean and i grew up uh, around like a lot of filipino folks i got like a thousand cousins that aren't blood at all did you have those type of experiences in um in new york because um, i didn't i didn't to be honest i didn't know filipinos was in new york like that i don't i definitely don't think it was of the same level as it is in the in the, you know in cali i think it's a different level you guys already have a, a little more established situation there was a filipino scene but me Honestly, I think what set me apart was that I wasn't really part of that scene. Okay. Um, I grew up with like the Filipino American Association oh, and like going to parties and shit all the 100%. time. And, there was yeah. so you know like that that mobile scene party and thing that there was something that happened in New York, but just again not on that same level. Yeah, not the on West the Coast. Same, it was like it was a different. Real, it was yeah. it was, but. From what I gather, too, though, the outside urban, you know, it was respected, right? It wasn't a separate, entirely a separate entity from Bay Area culture, mm -hmm. from Bay Area DJ culture. Right. In New York, I don't know if it was quite the same because it did exist, but it's eventually what ended up happening is like the Filipino scene just, okay, well, we party with everybody. So they just yeah. went to where everyone else was. As opposed to like there still is an Indian scene. Mm. There still is a Korean, just Korean yeah. party scene. You know, they have their own yeah. DJs. They literally just play right. Punjabi music. Mm -hmm. And the Koreans, they, right. they're just playing K-pop and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're, you know, Camilla will never DJ. <laughs> or the sure. Spinner will never DJ. In the in the Korean right, scene, right. you know, and vice versa, uh, so that it's a little Not until different. Until he gets those onions down, <laughs> right? So it's a little different. So I don't know. I, you know, the people I was with, I was with Tony Touch. I was with, you know, we went to rock steady. Yeah. You know, we didn't have a separate Filipino b-boy scene, uh, especially me. I I was 
I was the one in the fifth platoon that was connected to Fat Beats and all that world. Mm-hmm. Roly and Daddy Dog and Cutting Candy were part of that Filipino party scene. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. So, you know, I ended up getting known because I knew them and they get ended up getting sure? known because they knew it's, me. It's so like uh, there, there's a, you know, being a Filipino person myself, I kind of pay attention and, you know, had these experiences being multicultural. Uh, it, there's a really interesting thing. There's been studies shown that Filipinos of all of the immigrants that moved to the United States, most likely to have interracial marriages, um, you know, the. We, we're always like a very community-based uh, peoples who uh, accept other people in. So you'll have like all my cousins, like Filipino, Filipino, Filipino mom, you know, white dad, black dad, Filipino mom. And it was always like really multicultural. And a lot of us didn't really identify as being Asians. You know, we, we were kind of more like Pacific Islanders or something in between. I, I wonder how much of those kind of cultural values that we had as Filipino people are reasons why those mobile DJ scenes blew up or reasons why that uh, Filipinos gravitated towards turntablism. Because, you know, if you look at if you look at turntablism, man, a lot of the greatest turntablists of all time just happen to be Filipinos. Yeah. And it's fucking weird to some degree. Like it's a source of it's a it gives me a sense of pride because, you know, like I'm proud of that heritage. But like Qbert, fucking yeah. Babu, I mean, all of y'all, fucking uh, Mixmaster Mike. It's just like the list is you, you, you have probably like of of the turntablers, like like there's probably like thirty or forty of them who just happen to be Filipino people. Well, at, at, especially know? at that at that growing point of the turntabler scene, I'm sure hundred percent that the. I, I mean, shit, I'll speak from my own. Uh, the reason why I got into DJing in particular as opposed to becoming a graph writer or a rhymer or, or um, B-boy. You know, a B-boy was because I saw Shortcut. Sure. Like, that's it. Like, plain and simple. That's why. Right, I right. decided DJing. So, that I mean, absolutely, that's, that's you know, when one reaches, it's very easy to kind of see it and be like, wow, I, I could do that too. Sure. You know, and, and uh, yeah, the, the point of pride thing is just, I think, a natural thing from... You know anyone? That's why you know you celebrate the the first black, uh, you know, Panther. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like you know, recently I don't know if it was Harvard, but somewhere had like the first black valedictorian or blah 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 blah. Like the first yeah. Latino, first blah blah blah. Yeah. First, those are all important things. Uh, representation. The, yeah, yeah representation. Well, especially I mean, when you are underrepresented. Right. And I mean, so, yeah. to, to me, like, uh, you know, Barack Obama's politics aside, like the important thing for that is that, like my 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 nephew's son sees that and says, yo, oh, black yeah. people can be the president. Like yeah. that wasn't something that we ever thought was possible growing up. And no, if a Filipino I, I, person I was is like, you I, know, I, yeah. when it I was like, there's no way there's just no yeah. way yeah. people are going to be able to get over yeah. the situation or, where they won't be racist enough to, you know, but I mean, I, when it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Word, we, man. We've, we've progressed a little bit. Are you, are you like, really, um, do you, like, cook Filipino food and shit for yourself? Um, I can, but that, you know, that's the one of the things about Filipino food is it's like one pot cooking, right? You right. just kind of take everything and you yeah. put it in. You want some afritada, synagogue, <laughs> fucking adobe? I was going to make, I was going to make some afritada today yeah. since you were coming over, but I just didn't have the okay, time. All right. Yeah, I'd like but to freak it a little bit. When I was you know? younger, I wasn't much of a foodie. 
You know, I, I, I ate for sustenance. Uh, I grew up in McDonald's. Like, yeah, I, I'm ter- it's terrible. I love McDonald's, man. Uh, dude, I just had it last night, even though yeah. I'm not supposed to. Yeah, I had it this morning, <laughs> yo. Shout out to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're not even sponsored by McDonald's, it's, but, you know, terrible. we'll give them that. Yeah, it is terrible. Oh, it's it's terrible. a bad idea. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's 40 years of programming is hard to yeah. freaking come, you know, get yeah. past. But um, I am now, you know, a lot. I, I do cook. Uh, you know, I do a lot of food stuff. So that's kind of where I've moved into, like, food music events. I do something called Dinner and a Mixtape. I was going to ask about that. This yeah. is something that's kind of new for you. You've been only no, doing this for a actually, few years. I, you know, it... it it's been a while. It's been like five years. Okay. When are you going to start throwing those parties here in I Tokyo? And I when can I DJ to. there? I would love, to, I, you know, I mean, it makes most sense to try to do something with obviously with Sarasa, you know, and yeah. try to do something, but I'm trying to figure out how to rebalance my life. Like you, you have kids. I don't know how it was for you, but for me, definitely oh, it's, it's been it's a, a whole new change, man. Yeah. It's, a, know, it's a wonderful adventure, but it, it, I mean, I'm sober now. Like, I used to fucking drink all the time. I just don't... Yeah, things happen. I mean, just for me... Things fucking happen, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just been a, a process of, you know, readjusting priorities and, and time and, you know, Congratulations, example, by the way. I, you have I a fairly new that. newborn type yeah, of child, like uh, a year? A year man. and a half almost. Okay. Like, just shortly. Congratulations, man. That's Thank beautiful. You. She's, I mean, it's great. It's something I've always wanted. But definitely from a creative standpoint, it's been difficult Uh um, you know, when I make mixtapes, for example, um, it's like tunnel vision. Like I, I, I don't even eat for like 10 days straight until I finish mm. a project. But that's just not the reality. You can't neglect the child for 10 days. It doesn't yeah. work that I way. I mean, you could, but it <laughs> probably have <laughs> dire consequences. Yeah, it's not a good, it's yeah, not a good, yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So just stuff like that. And then, you know, I'm uh, essentially an entrepreneur, right? I, I work for myself. I do my own bookings. I do blah, blah, blah. And then you don't really think about that, but you need to be proactive about about your timing about blah 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 so you know for example in japan usually most spots you know they they don't book a week out they book two three months out yeah Mm -hmm. so i have to prepare properly so you know often i wasn't because i was just focused on you know the family thing and blah 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 so i would already be here and then i'm like oh can we do something and they're like okay yeah uh, three months from now. Right. What are you uh, doing, November seventeenth? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, uh, I'm already in New York. Okay, uh, so then I wouldn't get to do stuff. But sure. I'm trying to get back to a normal situation where I can handle both. How How long have you been in Japan? I guess officially, let's say two years. About two years. I've what? Been yeah, it's been a while. No shit. I thought you maybe just moved out like a year, or, uh, like no. not even like I this mean, year. I, I've started coming over here. So my wife is Japanese from Yokohama and. Uh, let's say since 2013, I've spent at least three months here out of the year. But once my wife was pregnant, we were here more. So like the last two years we've been here more, like more like half a year. If we're here half a year, we're in New York or traveling or whatever. How do you find it, man? Are you enjoying Tokyo? I mean, uh, I I love you of New York at all in some ways being you know a lot a bit older and uh new york will always be there you know so i'm not i don't really miss new york i miss stupid things like damn it i'm i forgot my toothbrush charger at the crib mm. and i'm not going back for three months <laughs> you know yeah. little things like that but beyond that i mean i don't know your guys politics but just 
unequivocally. Oh, I'm, a leftist, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically a Marxist at this point. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, you know, I'm not quite there, but right. not that far. Right. Um, you know, we have universal health care here. We have a, a it's, it's always Lovely, the Japanese right? kid coming from Japan to New York or to L.A. that's fucking up the bell curve in, <laughs> in third grade. It's never yeah, the other yeah. way around. Right. <laughs> it's always them coming over here. And there's a reason for that. Their yeah. education is just better. Yeah. Their infrastructure is better. Just go down the line. It's Yo, just better here. So I, I don't know, like being like, a, you know, um, you know, an entrepreneur yourself. I don't know how your healthcare situation was, but back in the States, I had my own uh, insurance agency. And when we were starting out, man, I have no healthcare insurance. So you get a sinus infection, it's like $400 out of pocket. And out here, it's like you go with your sinus infection, it's like it's like 10 bucks with yeah. the medication. So that shit is lovely. Yeah. I mean, that that shit is lovely. just having our daughter, Lily, out here, you know, I don't know where my wife's numbers come from. I don't know because it it's weird when you have a, a kid. It's not the same insurance situation. Wow. They're trying to they're trying to milk you, but she was like, if I had a child in America, I'm twenty, sure. eighty, eighty thousand, yeah, twenty thousand, yeah. eighty thousand. I, right. I don't. It yeah. wasn't that when we were here. Right. So just right. all those little things, you know. I I know it's it's so interesting. I know a lot of japanophiles like scheme yeah. he loves japan oh yeah you know? that i think basically japanese at this point <laughs> shout out to scheme richards man and i think uh there's a you know i hear more of that than the opposite situation speaking of <laughs> speaking of kids my daughter is just coming <laughs> in it, now right right up, but. um you know i do hear some other stuff every so often about obviously this is a a homogeneous yeah society and i one of the more interesting things is like white supremacists love japan because oh, yeah. this represents what they feel america mm -hmm. could be mm -hmm. if they were homogeneous which yeah you wouldn't think that but no they they love it they oh, love yeah. the country yeah. i personally there's also a little bit of white worship that happens out here with japanese culture that's I, a little strange it takes getting used to I mean, if you're get, a person of color i don't know i haven't seen the white worship i i've seen you know colorism that's well, everywhere sure. unfortunately yeah I mean, filipinos do that everyone yeah, does it. yeah definitely um i mean but you know goku turns know. into a super aryan yeah, I'm just, yeah that's beside <laughs> yeah, the point i'm yeah, just saying that's true uh, that's half that's mostly a joke but you know but yeah there's yeah. a little truth in that yeah you know i personally haven't ever had any issues like that and i know they know i'm i'm gaijin you know like oh, yeah, <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't look japanese uh, i've i haven't you you might if you were in okinawa you might could oh, yeah. be you know of course, like in okinawa. The, but, but that's okinawa you right, know okinawans right. have their own issues yep. with yep. the situation yep. my, my so, wife is okinawan yeah so, so you know yeah. that's yeah. a lot of know, people say she doesn't look japanese and yeah. i i see that yeah okay yeah. so. because she's an islander right, they're right. just island you yeah. know same thing with the, like the taiwanese from the from mm -hmm, real taiwan mm -hmm. they look more like we do yeah. than they look like chinese people so, uh, you know, that's just going down a whole another rabbit yeah. hole. Just as a whole. You've been enjoying yourself. Here. Yes, okay. absolutely. A hundred percent. And, yeah. you know, it's easy to badmouth America in certain aspects. And I also so love. Too, yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, being from Queens, I don't know if you know a lot about Queens. Queens is like literally the most diverse yeah. square Burrow. area. I, I just. This is I all mean, facts. This is all facts. Yeah. Too. You know, like. You could get Peruvian food, not yeah. not just Mexican mm. food. You yeah. want Peruvian, you want Ethiopian, Ecuadorian, you want Ecuadorian, yeah. you want, you know, you want Filipino, you want Okinawan, yeah, you yeah. want, but you can yeah. find anything right, there right. as opposed to, you know, 
Texas yeah. is just Tex-Mex right, or blah, right. blah, 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 just whatever. Yeah. And that that's somewhat unfair now, too. You know, like yeah. they got Viet Cajun out there because the, Viet- yeah. the Vietnamese are so big out there. Yep. But yeah, you know, me being in Queens, me personally, for the most part, everyone kind of gets along. Word. I don't really know. I guess, unfortunately, it depends on circumstance. I, I've, I, twice I went, I did, uh, uh, road trips across the U.S. And for the most part, you know, in my experience, people are people. No doubt. You know, and, and of course, if you're un- unlucky to be in the wrong situation, you know, it could be just whack. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes life is hella whack, man. But I think that all of us are really uh, doing well out here in Japan, and I'm happy to I'm happy to know that somebody like you is out here for the culture, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you throwing more events and being more involved yeah, in the yeah. scene out here. I, that more. that is the plan. I I am hope you know. So I got to do speakeasy with these guys. That was amazing. I hope we get to do that again. Much appreciated, definitely. And I I hope uh, to start a couple of more things yeah. out here. Or to do some more stuff. Yokohama's pretty popping, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. work out there once a week, and uh, I love, I love the area. I think if I would move to Yokohama before I, mean, I, I moved to Chiba I really or Saitama, get down there. Hmm. Uh, but I know a lot of, or a few people who go out in Yokohama and. So um, the party scene. Yeah, there's yeah. stuff going on out huh. there. Um, Hero King has a restaurant out there too. Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a restaurant out there. I mean, there. they've got Who's their own really clubs. And shit? He's a big in the b-boy scene. Tokyo. Well, I mean, yeah. one of the the Deadly Dragon Sound is from Yokohama. Mark. Like, you know, one of the most respected sound systems in mm. the world. Yeah. From there. And um, I mean, it's closer to the base, too. Uh, the base is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. It's really dope, man. Yeah. Well, y- yo, so let's hit him with some temperature check type questions and some, some uh, other type questions. I actually got a question from uh, uh, one of the homies who's out here, a DJ. Uh, shout out to Phil. DJ Phil So Good. And Phil says, what artist, musician is a guilty pleasure? Oh, I mean, I've, I've literally made guilty pleasure <laughs> mixtapes, so, you know, whatever. Are you a Coldplay fan? Oh, yeah, but yeah. that's not really, I, I would be hesitant. I mean, Jay did a song with them, Kanye did a yeah, song oh, with them, so that, I don't that. know if that's really that bad of a guilty pleasure. Uh, right now, I'm listening to a lot of kids' music because that's all oh, I Oh, yeah, you down with Baby Shark, do, 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 do. Oh, my God. Yo, yo, Baby Shark is lit. <laughs> Daddy Shark, do 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 do. Daddy Shark, do 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 do. You don't know that shit, late? Nah, I'm gonna have you so drop that in the set next week. <laughs> oh my god, I think someone did drop that. I Probably. Think. Yo, it's, it's gained popularity. That's speakeasy. Unless I'm tripping, yo. I could be tripping. But I'm sure that there's some like really lit remixes out oh, there. I mean, some yeah. bop remix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kids bop. Okay. So guilty pleasure, like a for real guilty pleasure. You know what? As much, uh, like, all right, as a DJ, what I would play out that's a guilty pleasure, like, I would play Laffy Taffy now. Okay. <laughs> I would. I've played Lil That's Nas a guilty X. pleasure, yeah, that's a guilty I, pleasure I, You know, sure. and because of the reaction it gets. Even if you hated that song, it's such a part of, you know, the consciousness, pop consciousness yeah. that, like, you can't help but be like, okay, I'm gonna, I remember. I'm gonna dance to this dumbass yeah. song, <laughs> right, right, and like smile about it and laugh about it. So that would be a guilty pleasure. Uh, I mean, I've been known to drop a freaking in sync song, and I detest them as you oh, know shit. just yeah. from before. 
so I'll put stuff like that. Well, was there Phil, another? Part yeah, of Phil question? has a second part to this. He says, he says, what artist or musician uh, do you love that no one would expect? Oh, uh, well, you know, if you don't know about my new wave background, you'd probably think like, wow, I, I didn't know you listened to all this stuff. Um, uh, does Agent Orange do the song World Got Mad? Agent Orange? Man, I'm, I'm the worst man with names. I don't know. Like uh, when you when you were saying uh, like the first couple bands you named, I was like, yeah. But then when you got the pill, I was yeah. like, mm, so I, pill, I can't so you. pill is public in, image limited, but they, it would be PIL really. Yeah, it's just like you just got deeper than I've but gotten in the new way. I have a borderline encyclopedic member. Like as much as I know about '90s hip hop, I knew about a lot of new wave bands or a lot at least the music. Dope. So one of the next mixtapes I'm making is uh, a new wave mixtape. Uh, World gone mad. Let's see who sings that. That's not it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that, man. It was like a skater song, basically. Okay. So any any song, punk. Hold on, punk song. Let's see. See, and this is terrible. I should know who it is. My bad. Yo, it was dope how the beat dope. dropped out when that happened, though, right? Oh my god, who? Agent, yeah, it was Agent Orange. So stuff like that, like really aggressive stuff. I'm I'm a I'm not not a fan of System of the Down is probably a, a current a more mm. current band. Um, so yeah, I would say stuff like that. You if if you heard my mixtapes and you hear me play Stevie Wonder and Sade, I can imagine you'd be like, wow, you like System of the Down, but mm. I don't know. I, I think a lot of DJs these days are like that or claim to be. You know, they claim to be. You know, one of my more interesting pet peeves, which I never. I never really like this is what I mean by trying not to be negative, but this is a podcast. So I could be a little negative. Hey, bust it. <laughs> like, you know, like when David Bowie dies, all of a sudden all these people are posting mm, up, you know, yeah. uh, some kind of whatever. Sure. And that's fine. You know, ultimately though, it is cause you want some kind of get, you want likes, right. Mm. Or possibly to show that you have music knowledge, but you know, Sometimes they only both. know one song, you know, yeah. let's dance that possibly, yeah. you know, I know you're not a real fan. Right, right. I know, like you're not. And if you were, have you ever put a, a David Bowie song on a mixtape? Sure. Come on, I almost guarantee you did. Yeah, man. But what you got on Rebel? I have, Rebel. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I've done it. Work. Pick someone like that who's passed away. I've put a song of theirs yeah. on one of my mixtapes. Yeah. So I, I'm a super fan. No and I never, but so I'll never, I never do that. Uh, you know, I'll never post it uh, unless I know them. You know, or mm. I've, I've met them or I've had uh, the opportunity, sure. you know, because I, I don't know. I know it's yeah often not meant as a, a disrespect thing, but I know that you it's don't really. It's a little really, gross sometimes. Yeah, the way like what are you doing this for? Are you uh, doing this because you, know, you actually like this yeah, person or are right. you doing this because you sure. know you're going to get likes and yeah. it shows X, Y, and Z? So yeah. I, that's one of my kind of pet peeves because right. I've, I've seen people, I'm like, yeah. Okay, so, I, you you might know Let's Dance, but do you really like Bowie? Like, right, did, did right. you do you have the Ziggy Stardust album? Do you like? Do you yeah. even know what that is? Do you know right, what he right. did? 
Yeah, do you know like, like how important he was in yeah, a lot of ways? Like earlier we were talking about um, you know, his interactions with MTV before they were allowing black artists. He's yeah. largely one of the reasons that MTV was like, Oh shit, maybe we gotta start exploiting this black art. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was he was there as an ally early and oh yeah. You know, so Very really just so. I mean, really dope guy. People if you you know, I didn't learn this until I, I watched the you know, there's been after he passed away, but like Luther Vandross was one of his background singers. Yeah. Like, you know, how are you supposed to know that? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. When you do know that, like, oh my god. Yeah. Wow. He was an incredible amazing. artist. Man. He's a real one, man. Oh yeah. That uh, yeah, New York scene was fucking yeah. What about? Uh, I'll, I'll ask you later off off uh, off mic about it. You knowing this band, but uh, let's see. What about your? Give give me some of your favorite MCs of all time. Or how about oh. this? Sixteen years old. What's your favorite rap songs? Oh. Whatever is your favorite MC? Okay, when I was sixteen, I'm still in high school, right? So I mean that that would have been easy. That would, like you know. What is that like? Eighty eight? Uh, is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you, I, what did I, you say? How I old are you? I wasn't aware that there would be math involved in. Okay. <laughs> how old? What year were you? Sixteen. Uh, I was sixteen well, in ninety eight. I just turned forty five. Okay, so, so yeah, you like like uh, around that time, 80, 87, 88, 87, 89 88. is, is okay. your sixteen. So the I, golden, the first golden age. I that that I consider. I didn't just one. I, I, did you say like Run DMC was? I never considered Run DMC a golden era. No, eighty eight is like Marley Mall. Yeah. It's the fucking Juice Crew. It's, it's some people are saying like Native Tongues. Yes, Wu-Tang, to me. So to me, but I feel like that was also like well, I, I subscribe to the. Th- to, to the three the golden three ages. Golden age. Okay. Yeah. That was the first one, in my opinion. I mean, if you do it from that, I, I could see that being that. What's because the third one? Post 97 to the underground era, about 2002. Yeah. Or three stages, I could see that. It, it's it's uh, 88, 89, uh, late 92 to 95, and then about 97, the underground era. Uh, 97 really set it off with underground tapes it had fucking the beat junkies killer army uh sound bombing one there was just all those albums and then around 2001 2002 all that shit went away hmm. but yeah this yeah, I, that, I, that's I, what, what i subscribe to i mean what is that like reflection eternal black on both all sides. of that ruckus shit yep, yeah, yep that's era. um i that's, can see ruckus era being mm-hmm. a, uh considered a golden era yeah. I, I get it i get it but, but it was a golden era for like underground hip hop, not so much mainstream, because it was like No Limit, it was fucking uh, you know ghetto superstar Wyclef type of shit. Yeah, it was I a whole different that. In- endeavor. Yeah, that was but still shiny suit. suit yeah, 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 that was a shiny suit era yeah. for sure. I could see that. But I guess like for me, the reason why it was called the golden era for me was that was also the first viable of. You know, it wasn't just Run DMC making money yeah. or the ability or just like a universal appeal, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I could be entirely yeah. wrong because I was in New York, but, um, you know, like Run DMC was big because they were the first, I guess, pop. You know, yeah. they did do the yeah. song with Aerosmith. Yeah, right? yeah. And I always forget about that. Mm-hmm. So they do this song with Aerosmith. They, they create this rap rock genre. Worldwide huge. Yes. Oh, 100%. Worldwide huge. But yeah, for me... That golden era was also just this. Uh, I would, all, whenever people would ask, how did I get into hip hop? I would always mention three things that happened in, in 1988. So, De La Soul comes out with an album, mm-hmm. It Takes a Nation of Millions, Public Enemy mm-hmm. comes out, and Slick Rick comes out. Mm-hmm. So, those three things are almost like 
representing so what you got daylight with the consciousness mm. you got public enemy with the militantness and then you got slick rick representing like this party yeah and that's why to me that era is this golden era mm-hmm. and then also the lyrics changed the 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 social conscious mm. the, even the music became i mean if you listen to like we got the jazz like that's significantly different from yeah. like a Rakim mm-hmm. cool mo- like a, a, a cool G rap song yep. like, the whole style change you know? there was such a explosion of biodiversity within hip hop music during that era like the technology caught up to like the creativity and it spread so people could just make shit like a little bit quicker man like yo like the advancement at that era was like fucking hyper speed yeah yeah, so I mean, that's, like that's everybody and n- nobody hyper. sounded the same. That's the that's it's a good crazy. Way to, but like at hyperspeed, all this was happening in this very very short period of time. It's like you know? really really eighty eight is like the golden year because yes. it was like it just like there was this really crazy explosion. It was like the Precambrian explosion. Like all of a sudden, Isn't that when this life. Marley sampled. Yeah, that's Marley. Um, Complex did this uh, list, and they got a bunch of guys together: Dart Adams, uh, you know, Sean Sitaro, a, a lot of really credible academic types, and they were talking about the most important producer of the year that year, Marley Mall. And, well, and I mean, he, he created. He's the one that started sampling single drum hits and putting mm. it together. You know, like mm. he's the father of that. So it's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. So yeah, that's. That's uh, I, I forgot what the original well, question was. Well, you basically was. kind of asked answered yeah. it with those three albums. Like those do are all. You, do you remember the first album you bought with your own money? Oh, not with my own money, um, but I, I can remember my first. So my, the first hip hop song that I really loved was a song called "Jam on It" by Nucleus. Jam so on it. So whatever reason they used to play that song on all all radio stations. There wasn't a hip-hop radio station. That song would end up on radio stations. And it was a, a, a song by Nucleus. It was a, a closer to electro-sounding beat, mm. um, like planet rockish. Uh, but I don't know, man. That song just... <laughs> I used to rap it all the time as a little kid. Then, oddly enough, my pastor's son... You know, pastor's kids usually have this reputation of being like yeah. badasses. He I think gives, I got it. Hold on. Yeah, this. Doom, see? Doom, doom. Everybody knows this. Yeah. yeah. Electron. <laughs> Who sampled this? Oh, no. The game sampled this on one of his albums. So I, I remember singing this song all the time, just whenever it would come on the radio. Um, so, of course, this led me to liking beat, like like B-Boying. This was uh, on the uh, on the Breaking soundtrack. Yeah, show, there right? you go. So there, you, that's probably why it's it was hip-hop, also yeah. being played a lot. Um so then uh this is like west coast electro type of sound like yeah. fucking egyptian lover yeah type probably of in that shit. document yeah. except it's probably a little slower yeah. right egyptian right. lovers significantly faster sure. um so my pastor's kid gave me follow the leader eric being rakim and nwa <laughs> oh shout out to the pastor's side <laughs> kid yeah and that started thrusting me toward like the current hip-hop and then basically a lot of my hip-hop came so a lot of my hip-hop knowledge it came from church so you know most people who go to church they often they go to a chinese church to a black church Mm -hmm. to a all-white church i don't know that's just how it is right i didn't 
my church was literally there was a Pakistani family, there was the Filipino families. You went to a Catholic church? Uh, no, okay. and that was another thing. Strange. I'm not Catholic. Okay, I'm, I'm Protestant. for a Filipino family, yeah, that's I'm, strange. I'm Methodist. Um, you know, that area of Jamaica, Jamaica Queens, where uh, you know all these cats is from, it was in Jamaica. So, I guess at one point Jamaica was there was more white folks. So there was the white yeah. folk who were in who went to my congregation. White flight would happen who, years later. Yeah. Uh, what ethnicity was the pastor's family? Uh, at one point, they were white. There was a pastor that... Oh, my pastor's yeah. kid. So he was half Filipino, half white. Word up. And then there was... Did you go to school with anybody notable? Like, when I talk to some of you New York cats, to be like, oh, yeah, I went to school with fucking Vastair, or I went to school with Sky Zoo, or... You uh, know what I mean? So... Or uh, did anybody I go to your school? Some of, the, some of the reasons why I was able to thrive on the other side of things, like the the more branding stuff, like the hypey stuff... A lot of my homies ended up in positions of power. Nice. Um, so, I think... Do you guys know who Dao Yi is? So, Dao Yi, he does a label called Public School. Um, I don't think I do, actually. Public School, he ended up being... Public School, there's two of them, Maxwell and Dao. What up, y'all? So, they actually ended up becoming, I guess, the creative director for DK or Donna Karen. Uh, I'm not sure. They're okay. different labels, right? He's either DK or Donna Karen, one or the other. Mm. They're very well respected in the, in this, you know, just in the fashion streetwear yeah. scene. I don't know, like, you know, like, like in the same vein as Kith. I don't know if you guys follow any, all this stuff. I so mean, like, I'm, I'm pretty much poor and shit, so I don't really <laughs> rock. Like, all the fashion brands, man, I never own none of that. Well, I, I, trust me, man, I'm, I was a weird cat because I was not a sneakerhead. I was turned into a sneakerhead. I'm not like mm, that. That got to you. Yeah. They, they, my wife tried to do that to me. Sneakerhead because I ended up getting sponsored by Adidas. Uh. I, I liked sneakers, but I wasn't like that. Like I was good with getting a the cheapest ass fucking pair right. of sneakers and rocking them till yeah. freaking the wheels fell off. Yeah, that was totally fine with me. And but about that life right now, <laughs> dude. I I have I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know we have a. I'm actually worried about our culture because, you know, a lot of it is just show and mm -hmm. it's just unnecessary. You know, and I I'm I'm guilty of it myself. You know, when I wear it, you know, I've worn thousand dollar sneakers and Ooh, yeah. that would give me yeah. like 10 pairs of sneakers dude I, yeah trust me and that's why i'm i'm actually really cognizant of that now you know even i fly first class very often but that's because i that's have so much <laughs> that's a flex but no that's dope but it is a flex but i also kind of realize like you know i'm not I don't actually drop ten thousand that ten k yeah. for these flights. It's because Adidas I've been is like <laughs> no. no, no. It's because I'm like diamond status on Delta. Oh man, you got those frequent flyer yeah. miles, you know? Okay. And so you know, I always mention like, yo, those I'm not five days to, I'm not trying to flex on you. Yeah, you know, on that Jay Z tour paid off. Uh, kind of, yeah. yeah. Things works. like that. When All I was right. on tour, when I tore myself and yeah. just building status and being smart about that and yeah that it, it has its privileges hey, man. but i i always kind of posit it because it is important to me you know like 
I I wasn't poor, but I've stood in line for government cheese. Mm-hmm. Like and and when I flex, when I do that, it's not to freaking make you feel bad. I want you to understand. Like yo, I've slept on I've slept on right. floors. No doubt. Like I when I went on tours with the homies, like freaking. I'm like, yeah, you could take the bed. I'm sleeping right. on the freaking floor. No like, it's See? I've done that. So when I'm able to take a picture of my daughter in a really nice bed at a really nice mm-hmm. hotel or show a picture of her in first class, this is because I worked to get to right. this point. You know, it's never to, to talk down to someone sure. or shame someone for not yeah. being here. Right. But, yo, I was with you. You, you could be here yeah. too. Some kid's going to see that. I hope you know, so. Be like, I hope Work. so. We were talking about representation and, you know, that's kind of what it is. Like, yeah. sometimes it takes seeing, you know, a person like Jay-Z become a billionaire to make somebody realize they could do uh, it too yeah. and shit. Oh, and we have more examples of that now, but I mean, we also have the inverse where people are doing those things to make, and it makes people feel bad about things yeah. that they don't have, you know? Well, so. I mean, we, yes, actually, absolutely, we have this shame. Especially with the body image type of shit oh, nowadays. Like, yo. Your sneakers, your, what are those? You know, yeah. all that stuff yeah. is meant to shame a certain right. situation and i don't know it sucks right. it's no it, it really i don't even know how we ended up over here but what were we, we, ta- what were we talking show. about before yeah, <laughs> who, who knows yeah. why don't we why don't we, we hit him with some unchanging yeah yeah, we, yeah yeah the, me- <laughs> yo, yeah, the mega late tangent yeah because we just get lost you know we ain't gonna make it to the dmc anymore man it's just six well, o'clock I mean, what time is it? it I think it ends at right? nine, maybe. Yeah, yeah. take about an hour right, to get we'll, there. We'll, we'll right, talk we'll for like out. maybe a half an hour yeah. more. We, we got we'll a couple questions. Stuff. We should be done right. in like maybe the 20, 30 minutes. All right, right, all right. Sorry yeah. for talking y'all. No, we good. Man. I'm going to need to get something to eat after this shit. I'm, I'm, fucking, I'm definitely I'm down there. for that. We could do that. Yo, uh... I didn't send him any of these questions in advance, so he didn't have time to... it. Yeah. Favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan? I mean, he's not my favorite, but I always make this... Analogy, like basically in the fifth platoon, I was I was the you god, <laughs> the you god. What? <laughs> really? That almost sounds like it, like it's it's like uh, self-deprecating to some degree. Uh, uh, but I, I like you god a lot. But I mean, I'm wondering why that parallels. Well, the, the parallel for me was because I had so, you know, for the guys who don't know who my crew is, it's it's myself, DJ Cutting Candy, DJ Daddy Dog, Rolly Roll, um, Doughboy. Because um, Vin, Vin Rock, Rock and a kid named I Emerge. So I Emerge is a he's a n- he's younger than you. Oh, yeah. He's a new. He, he like, came yeah. he came significantly later. Um, and he was also the the Jewish member of our crew. Oh okay. Representing the Yo, chosen cut, people. Cutting candy. <laughs> you said she's P, uh, she's Filipino as well. Oh yeah. Everyone's oh I didn't Filipino. know that. I didn't know that. Everyone, even da- Daddy Dog is. Oh I'm sorry. Doughboy is Korean and Daddy Dog is Filipino Arab. Okay, uh, Filipino. Um, yeah, right. yeah he's, I he, mean that's how I rock it. He, Filipino, he, uh, nigga Pino. He definitely. <laughs> Filipinos also do the one drop, bro. Yeah, ba- well, Filipinos is like, yo, if you come to, the, if like, you come eat, then you're a family member now. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Like sure. black people, like one drop. One dropping you Filipino. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You're black. I don't now. know. I think if you I, eat I, enough I, lumpia, you get like I automatically so. and shit. Yeah. I think I think they're. Pride. Yeah. You have a lot of pride, and you know if you're half Filipino, cool. Yeah. What What's dope yeah. is that you'll meet Filipino people and they look like 
full black. They look like my cousin James. He looked like a white dude. When I first met him, he had a big Filipino shit on his arm. I said, oh, shit, I didn't know that you. He had the Filipino stars from the flag on his arm. I was like, yo, I didn't know you were Filipino. He's like, oh, I'm not. I just thought it looked cool. And then I found out. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. He's like, no, I'm really Filipino. (laughs) But he looks like a straight, like a non-assuming white dude, you know? That's funny. And that's the thing about Filipino folks. Like when when you said you're Filipino, I was like, are you Filipino and black? Are you Filipino and something else? Because we look like anybody can be sometimes. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. You so, Filipino late? You know, you tell me about <laughs> that shit. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know they used to be called the Negritos of the Mountain, man. <laughs> right. They used to be a straight black. So the original question I remember this My time bad. was uh, thanks for bringing it back. Mutang, Mutang. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you got the reason why I say that is because you know. The only reason why, and I'm not, I'm trying not to, I like you, God. I've been fortunate enough Very to dope. deal with him and, you know, in person, so I'm not dissing him. But, I mean, let's just Peace face facts. Guy. He's, when you're in a clique of the RZA, the Jizza, the old dirty bastard, Inspector Deck, blah, blah, you know, he's, he's the last person yeah, on the list. Yeah. Right? I mean, he is yeah, the, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's I'm like sure being he, Hawkeye. In the Avengers, yeah. it's like, yeah. like my arrow He's game is Hawkeye's super done. tight. Yeah. Hawkeye is better than you, yes. <laughs> right? But yeah. there's the God of Thunder with yes. <laughs> that shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know. You know, I, un- unfortunately, he's gonna be last pick. It's sure. just, mm. and I, I was that dude as far as turntable skill set. So Roly Roll, but had you're the also kind of like the Vulture. You're like the Black Lion too. You're kind of like the head yeah. of the crew, though. Yeah, they internally that was known. And I think just through time, I think I've proved more than enough that I'm not just <laughs> I'm not just you got. Yeah, you ain't hot um, guy. <laughs> but you know, as far as the battle scene goes, I mean, you you, I, you could see it. Like if at at our height, I, no one cared to see me. If Roly's yeah. there, if Cutting Candy is there, yeah. Doughboy. Do so Doughboy's claim to fame, or one of them was like he was the first person to be able to do the flare scratch on the East Coast. He was a beast. He was. Yeah, he was that's crazy. He was actually. a real beast. That's fucking crazy. Um, even that. Da- so Daddy Dog unfortunately suffered the same fate as me. You know, like if you're gonna choose X, Y, and Z. All right, we can only bring two people. Okay, Rolling Candice. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, okay, you got to get Vin Rock. He's the yeah. two-time ITF champion. Sure. I, I was telling late that this is kind of an interesting thing about the fifth platoon is like, you guys were super dope during the age of like incredibly dope people. It just so happened that like, you guys are competing against like the X Men. You guys are I, competing I, against Invincible Scratch Pickles, and it's like, you guys weren't bad at all you guys were the top of the class the cream of the crop but you guys were like third yes you know what i mean i used to actually tell people this i I don't know if it's middle it's kind of like middle child syndrome we we're the only clique we had to fight the x-men we had to fight the members of the scratch pickles we had to fight members of the beat junkies then on the other end we had to fight everyone who came after us uh the like a tracks click which uh wasn't the crash dummies oh my god the allies mm. so we had to battle the allies members of our crew had to battle those guys we had to battle there's another click in europe and oh my god i forgot what they're called not scratch mechanics uh tony vegas was part of their click so that we that's had, why i wanted chase here because yeah, chase he would have remembered yeah, yeah. yeah. And I should remember because these were friends of mine, but I'm a dick. I'm sorry, guys. I'm terrible. So, yeah. So, and then when Emerge came around, he had to fight all the new kids. Yeah, he had to fight yeah, all the. So, no one. The X Men only battled for X amount of time. Mm. Babu only battled for two years. Yeah. We. 
That's weird consistently too, right? battled yeah. or had someone in our clique battling up to 2005. Yeah. So a good, you know, yeah. almost 10 year stint where someone of our crew was involved in at, in at the, the top, battle scene yeah, the as top a top of the class, yeah. But yeah, guess what? When we at our height, we had to fight the X Men. Yeah, we had to fight the Beat Junkies. Yeah. we had to fight the Allies. And it and, and it doesn't. It's not just like for our listeners who aren't familiar with turntable culture. I mean, they're like, of course, when he says we had to fight the X Men, you think about the X Men comic books. But it basically was like that, man. Yeah, Their fucking we crew fight, was we had to crazy. fight those guys. Rock Raider, fucking Rob Swift, Brolic yeah. Arm. You know what I mean? Mister Sinister, yeah. Total Eclipse. Like those, those were, dudes were. Not only pioneers of the craft, but they were also fucking like incredibly dope at doing it. Yeah, it was no, nuts, those man. were. I mean, those so were nuts. literally. I, I, they used to joke. I had a master's class, and those guys, those are the guys who taught me how to DJ. Yeah. So, those, you know, that's like going to freaking Harvard, MIT, you know, Caltech, yeah. all in the same like. Right. Yeah, yeah, just go. Right. Just have fun. And, freaking and then your professor wants to like whoop your ass. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, babe. So we would have to fight all these guys. And now eventually someone has to be the loser. And nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, we were the loser. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it affected everyone else, but I was always aware of this. You know, and I remember actually when, when Merge finally won the DMC, he won it back back twice. I wrote this like little email blast about like, you know, like because we are forgotten. Right. We, I mean, ultimately, th- there are people who know who we are and have rediscovered us. Like, actually, for some reason, oh my God, the the little kid from New Zealand who won recently. Um, Only little kid I can remember is. Oh right. my God, I'm so terrible. Anyway, he reposted a, a video of one of my routines. I have no idea why. I I really don't know where it came from, but he reposted it, and then Funkmaster Flex reposted it. Oh shit. <laughs> And I have no idea why, but they did, and I appreciate that. But, you know, there was also that. We were part of that time period where unless you were in the battle, there was no video footage of what we did. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm not complaining because there's even worse people. Like the that yeah. era between Jazzy Jeff and Rob Swift and those guys. I mean, yeah. even the first DMC champ from the United States. Where's the footage, right? There is no footage right, as right. far as I know. Mm. And DJ Cheese, I... I'm pretty sure he's the one who won it, unless I'm screwing it all up. But yeah, all that is just lost to history. Anyway, yeah, we definitely. I've always had middle kid syndrome because of the, yeah, just uh, and not in a bad way. Like I don't think that was my motivation, but I always noticed that like when you ask any turntablist, what's the, what's the three biggest crews? It will be ISP, B Junkies, X Men. Yeah. And if they say a fourth one, it'll be the allies mm. who came after us. We'll never be we will never really be involved in that conversation and it it's interesting cuz we were the ones who had to fight those guys. But you know, does anyone ever remember second place? It's it's really yeah. rare. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. You no, know, but there's this new documentary uh, uh, series losers. on. Yeah, y'all should be losers. on that shit. Yeah. I mean, losers. But it, it makes perfect. But it is that type of story, though. Yeah, it really oh, absolutely. Is that type of losers story. was amazing. But yeah, people don't often remember. Uh, you know, you said you're a leftist, so I assume you, if you're not a fan of Bernie Sanders, you at yeah. least like a oh, lot yeah, of his policies. Yeah. You know, people never remember the second place winner. Yeah. And for whatever reason, people still remember Bernie. Yeah. I mean, right now. like, uh, like, you did, know, did you remember? Did you 
I I totally fuss on this. Joe Biden has run for president twice already. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I, I knew that. He I mean, ran I, I, I was actively now, I against his. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't even like him for the vice president pick when Obama yeah. decided. Yeah, to yeah that, you know, uh, it's it, Oreo mustache. Right? Well, you know, I just uh, I usually assume that old rich white men are going to be kind of on the wrong side of history <laughs> when it comes to their politics forty years ago, which nah, is man, common. I mean, but I mean, Bernie is kind I of be an outlier. All that shit, yeah. like. Dan Quayle, Bob, mm, Bob Doyle. Dole. Uh, I can't even think of him, I mean, man. Did Dan yeah. Quayle run? I don't uh, remember him running. I remember him being a vice president. Yeah. And he could have. Say, that's the thing. I don't even remember. I, so there's, a, I'm sorry, this this is turned into politics now. Mm. But yeah, Joe Biden, it's interesting that, you know, there is talk that, like, you know, maybe that was literally just a chess move on Obama's part to quell sure. a certain group of people. Oh, yeah. And undoubtedly, yeah, well, undoubtedly. I got Joe Biden here, yeah. so don't worry. Yeah. Meanwhile, know? meanwhile, uh, I'm not going to even go into current <laughs> events about what's happening. A, but yeah, ugly, but ugly anyway, thing. yeah. So no one often remembers the second place winner, and well, I, I've always kind of used that as I, a. It's I feel, not motivation, I motivation, but yeah, it's there. I felt kind of bad, like um. Nah, it wasn't that I felt bad, but I kind of was kicking myself because late hit me up a couple months ago and was like, hey, do you want to get Neil Armstrong on the podcast? And I was like, n- not thinking like uh, about turntablism. I was thinking that, oh, maybe I know late wasn't a turntablist type of guy. And I was like, OK, maybe he's thinking about like stretch because we've had kind of people that were mm-hmm. like, oh, we can get stretch Armstrong. I was like, Who- who's Neil? What do you mean? And I was expecting to be like, oh, my bad. I meant this, Neil. And I didn't think about it. And then when he's like, oh, yeah, the the turntables. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, man, I hadn't thought about your name in quite a long time. And um, I didn't know that you were like rocking with Jay-Z at at that point. And and I really hadn't thought about the fifth platoon in such a long time. Mm. But it's not just that. It's also that I just haven't thought about turntablism that and followed it that closely for a long time. And um you know what what you speak resonates with me it, it kind of sucks and shit but also man like there are people that give a fuck and like that kid that posted you it's because he's going back and he's looking and he's drawing inspiration and he's seeing yeah, he's seeing the talent like man so so you know you know it's i've had as you put it i've had a, a tight life you've had I'm a good. super dope life yeah. man and you <laughs> and it seems like for you to be this humble kind of bothers me i kind of want you to flex a little <laughs> bit you know what i mean but work maybe maybe um, one day but yeah, um, it definitely, I've always kind of noticed that, you know, when they would have those conversations, we'd always get sure. left out. And we were re- literally right in the middle of all that. Yeah. And I get it. I, I understand it yeah. entirely. You know, we were battling giants. Sure. But the people um, that appreciate Patrick Ewing, you know, they appreciate yeah. Patrick Ewing. You know what Exactly. I mean? He wasn't a bad ba- a baller. No. He was fucking great. But, yeah. you know, Hakeem you know, Olajuwon. Yeah. yeah, people, you know, people that's going to appreciate, they, they don't see him in the, light as they, in the same light as they do Jordan or Bird or Magic, but, you know, he, they're up there exactly, for the yeah. people that really care about the coach. Yeah, so I, I obviously, you know, especially with the little homie posting that up, and it was not, especially in particular, though, for me, because I'm the least known, me- again, I'm the you got of the freaking fifth platoon, I'm the least known member, and for him to go search for that and and you know be like oh you know what i want to post it up on on my instagram Mm -hmm. i was like oh all right thanks man you know i I really appreciate that because a lot of that is lost to memory yeah you know even including myself like i so much of the culture looks like that though yeah yeah i barely think about that time of my life um and i think 
unfortunately a lot of that is because i've gotten to do so much other stuff Word. there's unf you know there's a lot of cats that they don't get past that that height and they're they're just kind of stuck yeah. in there and I, i've been trying fortunate. to relive that, that yeah those experiences and yeah. memories and I, I you know that <laughs> in the whole scheme of things of what i've done like that's that cool well, routine right. i did once but you know well that's probably cool. why you're not the old man yelling at a cloud possibly yeah 100 percent. you know i do like from that time period i remember just others like <laughs> i remember once we were performing and, and bismarcky got on with us like out of nowhere and started backspinning with us like things like that is are always more interesting to me and you know it's 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 worth more than the the notoriety that might have oh come yeah. with it. The memories. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Like those, you know, those things. I, I I don't really ever get to tell that story about me and Jay, rapping Pimp C's part, right. and that's the. Those are yeah. the things that I remember clearly right. happening. I don't remember the show we did. You know, I remember the feeling, Word. but I re I remember those kind of little right. things happening. And, and for our listeners who are wondering what story <laughs> he's talking about, be sure to tune in to the point five episode of this, where we go <laughs> off on a lot of tangents about Jay-Z. I don't have any more questions late. Should we hit him with just one more uh, unchanging and then uh, be on our merry way? Two yeah, more? Yeah. Maybe two. Okay. All right. Um, kind of in the same vein of, you know, getting uh, some acknowledgement, uh, but maybe not from, you know, some current people. Who's someone that maybe you look up to or you kind of uh, uh, feel is maybe on uh, an inspiration to you or that kind of level that hasn't told you, oh, you're dope or, you know, kind of given you any kind of props that if they did, you'd be like, have that same kind of feeling or maybe even better. Man, Satori, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. Who... Who's now, your, I think who's I've your been senpai you would like to I think I've been really fortunate most of the people that uh I would need some kind of approval from have given it to me I would say I think I've been pretty lucky with that I mean possibly my wife <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's a rough <laughs> one that's, that's kind of sad that's that's worse than the you guys yeah, that's, shit. Not, <laughs> like, oh. that's not gonna happen yeah, I have no experience but yeah, I watch yeah. a lot of sitcoms yeah it looks like it's not yeah, gonna I'm, go I'm not even sure my wife likes me yeah. <laughs> yeah hopefully one day though I'm gonna keep working hard man I mean it's really Jay -Z funny did that, so you didn't have to well so Jay the one time Jay gave so this is you might have to cut this and put in another story in the other in point five but Jay rarely gave me props. You know, he got yeah. me nervous. Like, yeah. <laughs> But we did one show in Nigeria. Oh, and shit. this was actually a real hip-hop show. It wasn't the band. Like, the Nigeria was just, it was so crazy. They were literally building the stage while we were, like, an hour before right. we were getting on. <laughs> so they had no back line, so they couldn't support a band. So it, it turns into hip-hop. It's me, Bleak, and Jay. Ooh. Oh, so the old formula. Yeah, tried and true. There's um footage. I have it. I have to go find it somewhere. You need to upload that. Um, basically, it turns into that. That's the situation I'm fine with. Yeah. To have like an MC and a DJ, cool. Yeah, I got Let's this. Let's do this. I'm about to freak it on y'all right now. But you know, Jay, in the beginning when we were there, you know. Before a show, 
I get real quiet, like halfway sleepy, almost like I know I'm going to expend a lot of energy, so I just need to freaking rest. Hibernate for a second. Yeah, I actually used to sleep (laughs) behind the turntables while Mary J was performing. Oh, shit. (laughs) And I'd just like kind of wake up, be like, all right, let's rock. Hey. (laughs) But, you know, he was kind of mad. Like, he was like, yo, man, fucking, we got a show to do. Get it together. I was like, all right, don't worry, man. We'll be all right. And, you know, Rihanna was performing before, so we did um, Umbrella, right? So we dropped Umbrella Mm, and we did Ella, 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 Ella. And the first song we did was Public Service Announcement. And the video, I I kind of remember it, like the video. Like there's a screen behind me. I used to wear my hoodie. And, you know, it was like I was coming out for a fight. Mm. And, you know, whatever. It starts, you know. You know, allow me to reintroduce myself. And it's just Jay and Bleak and me. Like, hip-hop shit. Yeah. The, the, the crowd is right there. It's not like we're far away. And yeah. I have memories. So I, I've done Rocksteady. My first, the first group I DJed for was The Arsonist. So Oh, shit. So this was normal to me not the that right and that, so not i was bad. fine i was yeah. totally fine so we rock i did mess up one thing we were supposed to do two choruses for 99 problems i only did one see i remember mm. stuff like that mm. we literally it's hectic like nigeria we had to have bodyguards like it was just oh, so yeah. hectic like literally we get off stage i'm getting yelled at like yo we got to get our stuff we're jumping on the plane right now oh, shit. blah blah blah. so i'm i'm like man so I, you know i just gathering my shit and then we get on the plane and we we're on the private and i actually it, when we went there i was sitting in the back so the other side of the plane i go sit down and, and um, John Manili. So John Manili at the time was Jay's manager. So John Manili is in the song A Billy. So he goes, you know, my kiss Aguilera is John Manili in there. That's John Manili. So mm. John Manili. He's like, yo, Neil, Jay wants to talk to you. Come up. So we go to the front of the front of the plane. And you're and expecting Jay to be like, yo, you did a good job. No, I was expecting him to yell at me and oh, doing something. <laughs> but yeah. That second 99 problems. For the first time in front of like everyone so everyone's there Amelia is there um you know bleak is there all at the table he pours out shots he's like yo man you, did, you killed it i was worried bleak, for a bleak second said that? no jay oh jay was like oh you so killed you it man met senpai. yeah you did you yep. did did he have you shoes know? on though yeah <laughs> no doubt, no <laughs> so doubt. He has shoes. yo when do you think the last time before that time jay rocked like a intimate kind of set like that oh just three people i don't know I, I technically before we were on stage with him it was just it was just green lantern and jay sometimes they would have backup dancers but it was but i know, mean he's still jay-z and like maybe an arena or something right? oh yeah yeah i don't i mean it wasn't a small it wasn't that small you oh, know okay. you know but it wasn't madison square garden it was a smaller venue he's done that even when we were on tour we did a. Not Chelsea. I think it's Chelsea Music Hall. I forgot. A small, you know, maybe uh, not a ten thousand person venue. Maybe it was like a thousand person venue. He's done that for sure. So, yeah, the opposite of what you asked me. He he did. That was the one of the few times that he 
you know, in public and in front of everybody, is like, yo, you, you know, I was worried shit. about you, man, but you killed it. Now you're you know? chasing that Beyonce <laughs> sign. <laughs> well, B B was always cool, so I didn't have to really worry about that. But he was he was a definitely it was it's tough being his DJ. Being anyone's DJ is kind of tough, but he is he's kind of tough because you get blamed for stuff that has nothing to do with you mm. half the time mm. so yeah besides him though you know like my father was always very supportive of me my mother so who was I, your who was your favorite turntablist man uh, like even of your peers who uh, did you think uh, was like the illest i mean my Out, favorite outside of, of your time crew. outside of your crew it, it, it'll always be mr sinister and uh, and total but sin in particular him at his height i mean he so he was he did the scratches on resurrection so i don't know if you know that but he was commons tour dj mm -hmm. i don't know if you follow sin's life but you know he's he's fallen on some hard times right but recently um, he's been touring again with, with, with uh, rob, rob you know i think i guess rob they're doing like the, him, what are the they called couple. the odd couple yeah, right the odd couple so i mean if you just for all time yeah, I, it would ha just have to be sinister, just cause. But I, you know, I used there's to people fucking love his expressions, his facial expressions yeah. when he was DJing. Like yeah. he'll just fucking stop doing something and eat something right quick, and then right. go back into it. Yo, he's super yeah. dope, man. I love that guy. Um, but you know, there's definitely people. I mean, a track is a track's a monster. Craze is a monster. Yeah. You know that. I, I would argue that Craze is one of the best all around. DJs yeah. in the world, uh, just his music knowledge, his experience. He's able you know. to. He's he's one of the the few that's able to use the technology of today oh, yeah. to enhance his yes. sets and still. Hundred percent. It, it, it's a level of ability that's like, damn! Like he used yeah. to be dope before he yeah. was able to do that, and now he's doper because he, yes, he can do this with a MIDI controller. Yes, hundred percent. Him and A Track are just kind of fucking monsters when it yeah. comes to like the remixes and. But you know, beyond that, you know, A Track having the ability to be smart enough to start a label you know at a point where <laughs> i'm sure everyone was like are you sure you want to do this man like the, the labels don't make money yeah. blah, 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 blah. and then he was like no no we can yeah. make this happen like, now he got nice ass jackets and shit it's, it's amazing it's him, you know i i gotta yeah. you know i think that's amazing just beyond smart. aspiring uh I guess that yes. I think we uh, got. I think yeah, we got the question. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the question. Shout out to your wife. Yo, like uh, <laughs> yeah, my wife. Yeah, my she's she, well. Number one, she gives two shits about this DJing shit. She, she is that right? She's How like, did yeah, whatever. Uh, okay. She doesn't care about it uh, at all. I, she's she, not a hip hop head or anything like that. Uh, no, she's not oh, a music shit. head. She doesn't care about it. She's been telling me to quit forever. <laughs> oh shit. Um. But yeah, you need to get on that teaching job out here. So you can <laughs> See, man, you got to... Uh, that's probably because you haven't played with the blueprint yet. Uh, <laughs> play right. the blueprint, she'll be like, she'll get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's, she's seen me do... You know, I did um, Clock and Flap in in uh, Hong Kong. You know, I played in front of two, three thousand people by myself. And she knows yo, she cares she, two shits about yeah. it. She hasn't he didn't, heard he didn't heart make of that the music. city and he didn't sequence. Make that music. <laughs> when you get the heart of the city, it all yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. She does. But I I actually appreciate that a lot because, you know. Keeps you. It, it definitely keeps stuff in perspective, number one, you know. And maybe that's why that's part of the the reason why it doesn't trip me out. Like, I, these are stories, but this is not my life. You yeah. know, it would be two different things if I was doing this every day, but this is 
are just moments in life. Everything else is how are we going to pay for our daughter's, um, you know, daycare? Right. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Right. And honestly, yeah, I get it. You know, when you look at it in that, you know, perspective, like, okay, yeah. Neil. She don't give a damn about you yeah. chilling out with the uh, <laughs> fucking opening for the arsonist. I'm over here like, yo, the arsonist, though. Like, Mr. Voodoo, like, all those cats. Yeah. Q unique? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hype off it, but she I'll don't do give a damn. So, she I wouldn't mean, say uh, that in Beyonce's presence. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. She might not care either. Yeah. But, like, so the, with the arsonist, I was with them when they first, when they recorded the session. I was, it was, um, that, th- those were, those were actually a lot more interesting times for me. So, I was in a crew with Kinetic. So there was a, one of the members used to be a guy named Kinetic Energy, mm-hmm. and his homie was um, Jice. So me, Jice, and Kinetic were a crew together, and oh, our okay. crew was called Trials and Tribulations. And I used to hang with them tough. So I was Word. with those guys all the time. So their first performance at Rocksteady, there's video footage of me with them, and I used to wear a do rag, and um, yeah, it was a different time. And I, you know, I we used to do every you know we'd travel to binghamton university which was like a three five to five hour drive away and sleep on the floor and just freaking we were just together all the time word yeah good those were good times yo for most people they don't really know who the arsonists are like that but the people who are around kind of know that shit they might they might yeah i we were i was Sorry to cut you off, but I was mad at myself that I didn't play an arsonist track for our episode with Scheme Richards. I don't know what I was thinking. I played an organized confusion track, and later that evening, I, I still be thinking. Just the other day, I was like, "Why didn't I do that?" <laughs> like, I just don't get the opportunity to share those tracks too often. And even like, um, you know, when we had DJ Spinner on, he was like, "Yo, I thought you know, like Mr. Voodoo would be the cat to blow and shit." And it's just mm. like. Why don't I? Yeah, I want to mm. talk more about those cats. That era is crazy. Don't work. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, uh, do do you have another? Is there yeah, one more question? Late. Yeah, more we question. should we should wrap question. this up. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the most. Oh, oh shit. Um, Come down on the music. Come down. So. Oh, I can't scratch today. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You don't got your yeah. So, you've been in Japan two years. Yeah. And you're not from the West Coast, so this should Coast. be uh, totally unbiased opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is this is truly is like the only thing? reason we do, uh, kind of, kind of. Potentially, this is kind of the only reason we do this podcast. Okay. It's an ethnographic track of everybody. approach. Yeah, okay. we we are definitely there's an seeing, Excel sheet. There, there's going to be like <laughs> a ten thousand word dissertation mm. about this uh, relating to hip hop. All right, go ahead, hit me. Marry, fuck, and slash or kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Family Mart. Seven Eleven. Lawson's. Marry, fuck, kill. Oh man, okay. Yo, if you say the wrong thing, we might not release any of this content. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's a tough one. Okay, you know what? I'd have to marry Family Mart because that's the one I go to all the time. Like, there's one right around the corner from my crib, so I, I, I'd marry. You know. You're on the right path, Neil Armstrong. Uh you know, Seven Eleven does have. The like they do have like Michelin star ramen and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. I guess that would be the F. I, I, I okay. have to fight. 
you know, and then I would have to kill Lawson's. But I like Lawson's. I like Lawson's. There's not really a wrong answer to this, <laughs> I don't think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like Lawson's. You did give the wrong answer. <laughs> He's a Lawson's guy. I'm a family oh, guy, lot? so I'm going to have to disagree with Lake on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I Lake's mean, wrong. But that is that happens to be just because that's the joint. If there yeah. happened to be a loss in there's more heavy market share. Yeah. I mean, mm. this is a this is a loss uh, family mart neighborhood. Family yeah. mart family. Mart. I would do say you, every neighborhood. But do you know where the Lawson's comes from? Do you know this? Ohio? Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm you sorry. are aware. Ohio. You are aware. Well, yeah, we've aware. read all the literature. <laughs> 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 We're actually the ones that update the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> So you've been side. making it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've been making it up. But no, there was a video about it. I mean, it's crazy. It's that they took this, you know, this the milkman from you know instead of i don't i don't know the details but there's a a whole little short about it and you can look at and it's really interesting they brought it over and obviously elevated it to an insane point you know yeah i think they i think they're mm, have more market share than 7-eleven out here so man Many times, which you has can the just most? Be outside, family mart. So family mart. And look at a corner, and there's a family mart. Yeah. And you look across the street, and there's another family mart. Yeah. And if you go down the street, there's three more family yeah. marts. That happens yeah. a lot. It's almost yeah. like for every for every there's there's like one one family uh, one Lawson's for every five family marts. Yeah, like, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I mean right. it's it is a trip, man. Yeah. That's a, that's some of the stuff, man. I don't know. I I did a thing for a Complex uh, called Soul Origins, and we they. Honestly, they just picked me because uh, I live in Japan, I guess. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it, it was weird to do it. Because like I said, I'm not... At number one, it's difficult to talk about sneakers in Japan and not talk about Jordan and Nike. It's, it's almost impossible. I don't know yeah. how big of a sneakerhead you are. I, but I'm, I'm you know, somewhat familiar with Like Hiroshi Fujiwara, is, that's the H in htm yeah. i don't know if you know and <laughs> this shit yeah. i barely know about it, but basically you cannot talk about it the reasons why jordan and supreme are so big is because of what they did in japan mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, man. I think that's unequivocally i, I feel, I feel yeah, like there's a sneaker culture is largely influenced by the things oh, no. that they were doing in japan 100%. like, more, like oh, all the 100%. different colorways and the yeah, different 100%. like limited releases like really push just, that just how and then how it created a, a value or worth yeah. value. There's a and and a sneakerhead culture like um hero king got his real start as being a hip-hop head by oh fucking yeah. buying sneakers yeah. well like ne- nego yeah. nego who did babe he used to make music like yeah. i have a cd of his but I, wh- why i brought that up which i'm halfway forgetting now was i did this the the thing for for a complex and they i think they showed it at complex con but basically, the opening, <laughs> the, out of everything that they could have chosen to, to use, I did this opening thing. I'm walking around the neighborhood, and I'm like, all right, you see, like, you know, all, all our, uh, the vending machines, right? You know, you could go down the street, and all, almost on any street, and if you want, like, coffee, blah, 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 you could get that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you... You can't do this like in New York, or I, uh, I, I said I was like, why don't we have, have this in New York? Alcohol yeah. in them. Yeah. But you can't do it in New York because they'll get broken into every right. five minutes. Yeah. Right. And like, I always wonder why. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with it? what? What's going on over here? What's going on over there? That we are so destructive. We scarcity kind of talked about that earlier, man. It? Just like it's culturally, like. Uh, what you were talking about like the uh, monotheistic not the 
let's not oh, do that sure. conversation. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but, You're talking about spiral dynamics, internal yeah, psychology. Like, yeah. I don't know, Different man. cultures, different ways well, of thinking. It's not always scarcity. It's so, well, half the time, it's some stupid-ass teenager who's like, well, I want to just go break that. Let me yeah, go do yeah. that. Yeah, we definitely do that, too. You know, like, why? But, like, but why? True. Why? Yeah. At, at my high that? school, Why? at my high school, all of them were behind like, you know, a uh, fence, like a cage for all the soda machines and shit. We didn't have vending machines for like candy bars, but mm. all the soda machines behind cage because like, you know, we had a lot of kids up. who were poor. We had a lot of kids who were, you know, like getting school lunches. You know what I mean? They paid 25 cents to get a whole lunch. It's like two dollars. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, not not to get into any like the geopolitical, socioeconomic <laughs> type of uh, implications of sorry, such things. Sorry, sorry to hand it over that, but I mean life is real, man. Yeah. One of the things that I regret. Wait, what, what, was that the footage that they used? The yeah, they, machine? that's what they opened up with, right. like, and I guess to kind of show how different Word. New York is from Japan. Yeah, you right. want to? You want the simplest difference? Look, this is one of the differences. Right. Safety. Right. You can do that, like they right. can do this over here, but they yeah. cannot do this over there. Yeah. And it, and yeah, it was really yeah. interesting. At one of the things that had yeah, nothing right. to do with all the sneaker shit, right. but yeah, it was difficult to do because I I am an Adidas ambassador, right? And I was like, look, I I can't really sit here and big up freaking Nike, <laughs> like yeah. Nike the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Like it's not gonna work. Right, it's just right. not a good look. It's funny, right. man. There's a, I guess. Well, I know now, but at the time. There was a little shop that just opened near my apartment and uh, called Wind and Sea. Mm. And apparently it's a up and coming street fashion brand. Okay. And, you know, I just be walking down the street and I'd see people lined up waiting for the store to open. Mm. And one of my students, uh, he uh, works for uh, GQ. So I told him about it. He was like, oh, yeah, they're pretty popular. I was like, oh, I had no fucking idea. I live in like a small neighborhood, like it's near Shibuya, but it's like off of it. But yeah, the culture here, like street fashion in general is like big. It's uh, yeah. relevant 100%. heavily. Yeah. What yeah. up, man? So I, are we done? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> How we long are, did we, we talk? Four hours? Yo, I'm sorry. this is I the longest <laughs> recording that we've ever had. It's on, I, I on apologize. The shit that Even was recorded. Yeah, <laughs> even the shit that's recorded, we got four hours and forty minutes. Oh my god! And, sorry, and it's like the other joint was I'm like sorry. the other joint was like a full episode, it was like an hour and thirty minutes, hour and forty minutes. So we'll, uh, you know, I'm I'll, glad you're handling that. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll figure it out. <laughs> we gotta get these. Well, I hope I hope this is uh, interesting. No, man, but to I don't like. No, I really enjoyed I don't a like lot of it. cutting people like you off. Like last week, we had a uh, OIG shout out the yeah. old young guy. I mean, the wealth of not just knowledge, but the uh experience because he was there you know he's yeah. he grew up out here he grew up in la in la he met a notable figure from out here and now he's, he's worked here with everybody that's still out here. you know yeah. rocking with some people who are heavy this, as as heavy as he is i mean yeah. i'm not gonna say all right that's a good story but you know yeah, we'd love we to hear. We'd love. We we would love to hear more about your experiences with Jay Z, but we've got a timetable to keep right now. So, yeah, yeah fuck that. Yeah, I, I might try to cut things off if you were like, "Yo, I gotta leave in an hour," and I'd be like, "Yo, okay, we can't go on yeah, for an yeah. hour with just this one thing." But no, yeah, like. Um, and in the future, yeah. if I do cut you off, I just I gotta be somewhere. It's like, right, no, right. you're you're still you have high stature. I, I think the <laughs> thing is about like, a lot of these episodes is people that are interested to hear what you have to say are gonna stick around. They'll come back to it, and that's what I do too. Like I don't listen to like. My 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 three hour two hour podcast. I don't listen to them in one sitting, and I don't expect anybody to do that with ours. Our India Davenport it's, it's two like hours thirty minutes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm J.K. Rowling, 
Mega's George R. R. Martin. No, I'm a who's a, who's the motherfucker that wrote Goosebumps? Oh, R.L. Stein. <laughs> R.L. Stein. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I'm me. mad you picked that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the R.L. Stein of this podcast. Shit, best four heads in the game, bitch. Let's go <laughs> ahead and yeah, let's go ahead and uh, show. You don't have any shows coming up out here. Uh, you know what? Within like just, the next month. I, I'm gonna try to do a couple before I leave, so I'm leaving back to the states end of july so you know i have like about six weeks to do something but next week i'm actually heading to bali and jakarta shout out to you so uh you know shout I, out I, to all our indonesian listeners uh, yeah. by, by the time this podcast comes on it's probably gonna be too late okay. this comes out next friday yeah okay. yeah Still shout out to be, y'all yeah, shout out to them <laughs> we got a couple people out there to listen to the podcast yeah yeah so do you know any indonesian you know no. how to speak it at all no, do they not? do look very yeah. Filipino though. Oh there. yeah, they brown they Asians. Do. Yeah, they, they brown do look they brown very, very Filipino. Um, man, I don't even. So one of the clubs is Mirror, and the other one. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I oh, should good. be. I should well, be. Well, up see, on the this. thing is, like, we'll follow. We follow you on social media. We populate yeah. this calendar yes. every month, and and uh, the people that we rock with and the shows that we know, we put it on the calendar so oh. people can go into the show notes, hit that little Google thing, and check perfect. out the entire calendar, perfect, and we'll, we'll have those type of shits on there. Yeah. Favorite Run the Jewel song. Uh, me? Yeah. Uh, Christmas fucking miracle. Maybe. Uh, do dope fuck, yeah, fuck hope. Striking out. Uh, (laughs) kill your masters. Oh, hold on, I got it, I got it. Hold on, hold on, I got this, I got this, hold on. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, we never got to perform this. Nah, this is one of the dopest joints. Hey yo, today is Friday the 28th, you are maybe wanting to go to Slow Lights at Club Heavy Six Zero. Mm, That's a dope beat show. Yo, shout out to our guy Ilsugi. Ilsugi. I always get them mixed up. Ilsugi. Uh, the next. Oh shit. Also today, Injury Reserve is playing at the Liquid Room. Oh word. Yeah. Mm. I forgot to put that on the. Were we gonna try to go to that? I think we still are going to that. Okay. We gotta buy tickets. Or is that tomorrow? Oh shit. I'll double check that. It's 28th or 29th. I think it's the 28th. Okay. Uh no we or else. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the next day, A Witch and cannot read this are playing at Liquid Room, so it'll be on the twenty eighth. Dope. Yeah, uh, and Daya are having their Mind of Legend release final at Yuntaku Parlor third anniversary. Also going to be there is Do Mud, Yuntaku Para, and Green Assassin Dollar. Uh, on the first Monday, we have Superplume presents Rejoice. Um, Superplume does some dope hip hop shit. Go ch- check them out. That's gonna be at Contact. And besides all the other regular events, you can check out on the calendar. Tina Shea is gonna be at WWWX. Uh, go check out Tina Shea. Get her contact information and give her my contact information. Oh, for real? She's gonna be here? Yeah, uh, Thursday the fourth. Oh, that's Independence Day. All right. USA. USA. On the fifth. Yo, hold on a second. Yo, Drake really used to rap like Jay-Z. He really used to rap like Jay-Z. I gross 38 mil. Oh, this is that... uh, flow so special. Got a 38 The one track everybody played on that Memphis Beef album. Yeah. 
<laughs> Word. This is also that shit that push it, the that push it. No, no, there was a uh, uh, summer. It was dear summer. Yeah, that but that's the, the first track on the Memphis Bleak album. Oh, it is the, too. The one where he's holding up three rock chains. I'm yeah. just running. The album's probably Memphis Bleak's best album. But right. yeah, I was just huh? Talking. I didn't. I'm really? pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm not wrong on that. I'm pretty sure. So he used it twice. I didn't know that. What else did he use it on? No, no that. So that track. That's not on ben Memphis Bleak's album, is it? That's on it American Gangster. No, no that's not. Kingdom Come. Um, that's right. That's yeah. Kingdom Come. Yeah, that's Kingdom Come. Yeah. Dear Summer was on Bleak's album. Oh, I'm Dear thinking Summer. of Dear Summer. Yeah. Okay. That's not Dear Summer? No, no, that's not Dear Summer. Oh, okay, I'm that's tripping. the prelude. Yeah. You're, yeah. That's what you gonna call it. That's um, Kingdom Niggas Come. Niggas Beats is banging. <laughs> Friday, July 5th. Your gangster look did Shout it. out to our guy Hero King. He'll be having the Mild Out. A tribute to Anderson Pop. Hero King. Uh, I'll be playing there, so come and say oh, my no name, shit. so I can keep getting booked for gigs. That'll hey. be good for me. And uh, I believe that is everything. <laughs> um, wait, I'm I'm playing. Well, I don't think that's a. Never mind. I didn't say that. Uh, yeah, and then Speakeasy is that Sunday. After that, on the seventh, we're gonna be in Yokohama. At Zoe Nohana. Yeah, yeah. So I come uh, ride a boat and uh, get down with the folks. Wait, so you'd have to stay on the boat for the whole time, or how is this working? The boat is exclusive. You have to you come, have to you up. have to pay a bit of yenis, yeah. okay. and only 150 people are getting on that boat. Oh, wow. Yeah, the rest of... So, and is it you know, it's four hours straight? or Two hours on the boat. Oh, yeah. So and from then, 8 to 10. And then that's it? No, Speakeasy is back. the regular 4 to 10. And then from 8 to 10, they're going to have the boat. Okay. So that's going to be like the VIP. Oh, wow. So okay. everybody's trying to get on that boat, man. Yeah, that should be dope. I didn't get to get on the boat last time. It was I'm fun. Fresh off it the boat. It was fun. <laughs> uh, I'm good if I don't get on the boat this time, but last time I was trying to get on that boat. Well, but, I mean, you part of the party. How are you not going to get on the boat? Well, you know, uh, oh, when I say 8 to 10, right? So... Like I said, only 150 people are getting on the boat. We're still rocking oh, so the, the party on the yeah. inside. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody's not getting on the boat. Yeah. Okay. Word Sometimes you're working, you working doing something shit too, yeah? Yeah, we had people DJing and, you know, working the door still. Word. So, okay. yeah, not everybody gets on the boat. So I like saying the boat. <laughs> the boat. Yo, that boat. That's though. dope. That's really dope. Yo, let's, uh, let's get out of here, man. All right. DJ Neil Armstrong. Thank Thanks, you so much, man. We're appreciate you. I appreciate y'all letting me. A blessing. Uh, I mean, you're the man forever on. for yeah. Lil Nas X already. <laughs> yeah. And now <laughs> that we're best friends, and actually we're cousins. Yeah. He doesn't know that, but now we're that Filipino we've, cousins here. We've I'm acknowledged sure we us exchanging energy yeah. in London. I feel like uh, <laughs> we, can keep, we can keep doing Dude, this. Dude, that's hilarious. All right, let's Peace.